All right. Let's see. All right. Getting ready to uh, get word on. So bear with me for just a moment while I send him an invite. And we can upload this directly. And he's going to be like, what? Why are we talking about Drake? So waiting for him to join. And while he does, cracking this hop water from Lagunitas, which is delicious. Kind of tastes like putting a bunch of hops in water. Or a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of hops in water. Sorry, I'm very tired. But it's good stuff. So while he joins, uh, put a few things that I wanted to talk about. I'm sure Ward's going to have a few things he wants to mention as well as we wait for him to join. Got to talk about the NBA Finals. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I would forget to do this at the top. This is Top Plays Podcast. And Ward is getting an invite to come speak. So I'm not the only one chit-chatting for a minute. So while he accepts his invitation or sends me an invitation to talk or something, uh, yes, Hop Water has been opened, ready to go, check some levels. What you having tonight? I know you said you were pouring something. All right, hold up, hold up. There we go. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Oh, that is delicious. I yes. will say I've had it, and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're really, really good. It's the only beer I've had in my fridge lately, um, which also means I don't know if this one will be good because this has been in my fridge for like two or three months. It should be okay. Yeah, it um, probably is. But just saying, then, it's, I bought a four-pack like three months ago, and there's one left after this one because <laughs> I never drink beer at home by hard. But I think you just have to be careful when it comes to the nitro leaving it outside the fridge because I'm trying to think. I think Scott one time was packing one to go up to – I want to say it was a nitro beer. I could be wrong. It was when we were going to like the cabin. And I felt like it exploded in the trunk or something. <laughs> but he was in a bag already. Like it, so it wasn't like it was all over or anything. A beer, a lot of beer will explode for different reasons. It seems. I'm pretty sure it was some of the, um, the pumpkin, like how Southern Tier does like the pumpkin. They do a nitro version. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm pretty sure that I had some at the time left over and was taking a can or two with me. And Scott's like, I don't know, man, when uh, I think one of our mutual friends opened it, like not one that I have, but like a can of it, it exploded. He's like, we better put that in a bag. And it's a good thing we did because it did explode for sure. That's funny. I I don't think I knew that there was a pumpkin nitro. I'll be honest. I love pumpkin. Don't like the pumpkin nitro. It's not very good. I like pumpkin. Yeah, I haven't heard of the night. I don't know about the nitro. Sometimes some I of the other nitros are good. They do, um, they have a thick mint uh, that they do, but it's also they do a nitro version of it. And I've not had it, but they do a. They came out, I think, this springtime with a Samoa's nitro. So if you like Samoa's cookies, oh my gosh, yeah, and it's their stuff is so creamy when they do the nitro. It's it's awesome. With the when you get that little bit yeah, of head on, I'd, it's like super creamy. It's awesome. I don't know if I would like the Samoa. Sounds like too much for me. Like something that in liquid form would be like too rich. 
an overall. Probably one of those sharing beers, or if you like, you get like a, a taster size of it, right. it would be probably better for you because it is sweet. I yeah. will say it is, it's like a syrupy yeah. sweet. I don't like, yeah, we've discussed this before. I don't like super rich beer. I just don't. Thick mint is sweet, but it's not overly sweet. But the Samoa yeah. is, does, I think it's the caramel, but it's good. I like it. Um, it's definitely a dessert style. Like you'd want to have it for dessert. Or I guess if you, you could have right. some meal and that'd be all right too, but it's, it depends what you're eating. Um, a liquid diet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I listened to uh, the pod, that podcast I sent you today that uh, Ringer Music Show did on Friday, which I, I, I don't listen to, like I always listen to Bill Simmons and uh, Ringer versus Hit or Miss, just depending on, because I'm not really into Star Wars, so I, I, don't, I don't listen to those. Um, but I'll, I'll check in with like other other podcasts that they do, and I saw that they had one on the music right this week that sounded pretty good. Uh, they came out on Friday uh, reviewing Drake's new record to a degree, not really reviewing it, more like just giving some thoughts on it and talking about it. And so, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I guess I didn't expect people to hate it. <laughs> like, uh, I guess. Wait, so are we starting with uh, music first? Yeah, we're going to music on side A this time. I thought since the the finals are over, okay. you know, we just be capping or, or uh, previewing, I should say, um, the NBA draft. So I thought starting with music would be pretty fun tonight. Just kind of just switch it up a little bit because I think we've been at a music once in, right. in the last couple months because of finals being on and everything, or the playoffs being on, I should say. Um, okay. So I know. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> You hate Drake. <laughs> I just I just don't care for him at all. But we should probably intro the podcast. Top mm-hmm. plays podcast. Sports Top and plays. music. I do I do yes. have the hockey game on right now. I have no clue what's going on because it's on. What's the uh, score? Six to two, Tampa. Oh wow. They're, they're, they got like spanks the other night, seven zero. So that's all Yeah, now they're doing the spanking. It's reciprocal spanking. They really had to win tonight to to really have a chance, but they're at home for the next three games. Yeah, so that'll help them. Yeah, if they didn't win tonight, they'd be down three zero. It looks like they're going to win tonight, but anyways, yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I don't. I I just, I mean, I cannot, I cannot objectively give a review on Drake's music. Mm-hmm. I am just completely turned off by everything about at least the persona he puts off for his career that's the nice way of saying it i guess i don't know him personally who knows i watched a little bit of degrassi back in the day he wasn't a good actor on the show uh but i mean it was mostly teen actor i mean it was like it was a teen show very like uh very like i would even say like tween almost for what i remember um, I didn't watch it religiously. I watched it just yeah. off and on. And, you know, like his story was probably one of the more like serious ones. Cause you know, he was like Jimmy. someone that suffered a gunshot, you know, and was in a wheelchair and all, but still it was a very, I mean, like, it's not exactly like there, it was at, it was like stellar acting going on. And I don't think he was a good actor. Um, and it wasn't like a serious show. And I don't know, since he's, decided to do music from the get-go i've just been turned off by the persona that he puts out there so i don't listen to his music hotline bling i've heard it's a dumb song 
I mean, yeah, I guess it's got some catchy beats parts to it, but it's a stupid song. Um, and I just don't listen to it. So I'm not going to listen to the new album. I already will just say I, I'm not going to. So I can't honestly give an objective opinion on him as a musician. I'm just not a fan of the persona he puts off in the public eye. And uh, if he stopped doing music, I think it would be better for music. Well, I'm not gonna like go deep into the new record because I mean I have listened to it like three or four times, roughly. (laughs) Yeah, I listened to it twice. um, And what I've been doing is like at work, uh, I've been putting AirPods in, and and this week I was really looking forward to Foles, and I didn't know about the Drake record. I don't think he announced it until Thursday at some point. So Foles did come out this past Friday, also. Yeah. Yeah. So those that was the record like at the top of my list. Um, but actually, right. I know you're a big fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're one of my favorite bands, like top six for me. I just love them. This record's kind of different. There's some parts of it that remind me, I, I don't want to get into it yet. I'll, I'll hold up because, <laughs> because I do want to talk about it, but I don't, sure. I, I'm sure they'll yeah. get on a tangent. Yeah. But yeah, we can drink it right now. But, uh, when it first, when I first heard it coming, I was like, all right, cool. Cause I understand, uh, you know, basically what he does and it's, it's it's not like he's not going like hardcore like rap or anything he's kind of doing like the rap pop kind of line um toes it a little bit and i like it for what it is like it's not oh yeah amazing stuff now there are some really good stuff like here and there but uh it's more poppy hip-hop yeah. you know I mean? yeah i mean and there's nothing wrong i mean i'm not gonna say that's the problem I mean, yeah. Ja Rule went from being a gangster rapper to doing poppy hip hop and tons of duets before he kind of disappeared, you know. So, no, he didn't disappear. Not until Firefest happened. Then he disappeared when it was getting ready to happen. He's like, he oh, already wow. wasn't doing as much music though. What was that? What was the song he did with Ashanti? I don't remember. He did a few duets like that. I just remember. I just remember that hollow, hollow. He was like, hello, hello. I remember that song. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the one with Ashanti. I can't remember the name of it all, but I just remember that song. Well, wait, Ashanti wasn't in Destiny's Child, right? No, he did no. another one with the with one of the ladies from Destiny's Child after they all went solo. Uh, okay. Probably yeah. Kelly Rowland. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Seems it was most Kelly likely. Rowland. I think I'm going to be looking this up while we're talking. But anyways, <laughs> I just used that example to say there's nothing wrong with, like, pop hip-hop. You know, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as call yeah. like Twenty One Pilots a hip hop act. Oh yeah, I wouldn't either. They're more they're an, alternative. They're an indie act, but a lot yeah. of their songs are ninety percent him rapping. They're hip hop influenced. I would say like so. Yeah, they're... I would say it's a high influence. But again, that's an example yeah. of that like poppy hip hop element. Where I wouldn't say they're straight hip hop. No, maybe even like some. Uh in a way kind of like the like Kesha or something how she like kind of borrowed like the talk kind of twisty style nah, whatever, I mean, in a way in a way truly, but just I would say song. he truly raps I would say that who right Drake no oh. um wait are you talking about uh, 21 pilots is that who you mean yeah okay yeah. Uh, that's a yeah I, I'm not saying he doesn't but I'm saying it's probably more something like that style or just takes elements of it yeah um, so mm-hmm. Whenever a new one drops, I'm excited to listen to it and um, just to, just kind of you know Drake, give it a listen, yes. see what I think of it. Like I didn't really care for the the previous record at yeah. all. Like I listened to it and I was like, eh. <laughs> that's me my feelings. I was like, eh. 
I mean, I'll, have, I'll probably I should probably go back and listen to it. I might have listened to it twice, maybe. Uh, it just wasn't something that like caught my ear. Um, mm-hmm. And then I know previous to that, he had uh, uh, well, he had the playlist uh, "More Life." That was pretty good. He it was an album basically, but he called it a playlist. Uh, it was pretty decent. Like it had some nice little beats and whatnot. Um, kind of the new one kind of reminds me of that in a way. Uh, and they were saying how kind of like, he takes the almost okay loosely takes like the jay-z approach where he'll do an album for like the fans and then he'll do like an album for or like and by fans i mean he'll do like an album like for like pop radio that's gonna be like something big and then he'll do like an album that's like a hip-hop record and then he'll do an album that he wants to put out and they say he kind of is kind of doing that like last uh the last record certified mm-hmm. lover boy was like more of like a um for the like the hip-hop crowd and then prior to that he did um or this record is more for like him uh that he's something he wanted to do so uh i don't know so that's just like kind of their take on it and i was like mm, okay kind of makes sense if you if you kind of listen to it like i mean I'm, the first record was really really bad uh i really, I really don't like yeah. so far gone i remember when it came out uh yeah there's they're okay songs on it but yeah going back it's like it's not a good listen like going back it's just like oh this is not a good record uh view um sorry take care wasn't too bad uh, I really liked, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. I remember that one dropped when I was in uh, college. And uh, I ended up like just buying it because it wasn't going to be any, any downloading sites. And I wanted to hear it. This was before like uh, he would actually release stuff on Spotify because it was only on Apple Music. You could either buy it or and Apple Music didn't exist at the time. So you could either buy it <laughs> or wait for it to leak. So I ended up paying 10 bucks to buy it. Um, and I thought that was pretty good. I liked that a lot. There's a lot of good songs on it. Um, I know a lot of people don't like Views, but that's not one I dislike a whole lot. I think there's some some pretty good songs. But anyway, I want to talk about the new record because, you know, that's, you know, what came out this week. So my first, I actually was surprised. Um, I knew yeah. that people did the reaction to it, I guess, because when I first heard it, I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. Like, um, maybe it's because... I like club music uh, and club beats and he borrowed a lot of the sound from um, the Baltimore and Jersey club scene is kind of like what he did a lot of the sound. So it kind of flows nicely because it's like most of the tracks I would say they're really the only one where it's like, there's like a a lot of rapping is um, the very last song and uh, Jimmy cooks. Which he does with Twenty One Savage. That's really the only one, like really, it's like a, like rapping, rapping. Most of it's kind of like okay. him doing his singing, which mm-hmm. it's not perfect in every song. I'm not saying that at all. Like there are some things, there's some lines. Because the thing when you know well, about Drake is like he's gonna put out some stuff. Some stuff just is gonna be kind of corny and kind of like not work because <laughs> that's just what he is. So <laughs> it just is. Like he'll try like the the funny like the punchline things from here and there, like in his music, like he. I don't know, he just, if you've listened to him throughout the career, it's something he's always done. But, um, yeah, I didn't hate it. I really liked some of the beats on it. Like, I thought the beats were were pretty nice. Um, not saying they were, like, the best or perfect, but I thought it flowed well. Um, at times, it sounds like it could be one note, but I think that's kind of what he was going for. And by one note, I mean... Uh, if you were, let's say, going dancing at a club or something, you would maybe want something that's like almost 
in a way sounds like one long track or sounds similar in style, if that makes sense. So you, you don't want like Daft Punk and then I'm trying to think of something really awful. Let's say like early, let's say like early Daft Punk and then go to Skrillex or something. Cause it's, it's not, it's not the same vibe, even though they're both kind of like yeah. EDM, it's not the same right. no, that makes type sense. or same vibe. And so this all kind of like vibes together very nicely, even though there are obviously different tracks and it doesn't sound like one long track. It definitely fits the same vibe or the same style um, of music. So I think that gotcha. works. Um, and th- there are some really nice, I thought some songs on there. There's one that almost kind of reminds me of like, uh, like in a way, and, the, and this is kind of wild, but it's called Massive. And it kind of reminds me of like Streets of Rage in a way. But like if they took something like that and then added it like that that early nineties like keyboard kind of sound to like a like a dance song kind of is kind of how it reminds me. But I, I liked it. Like I I didn't dislike it. I don't love it. But I thought it was it was a pretty decent release. Like it's probably of something he's released uh, in a while that I was like, okay, this is pretty good. You said that you like the beats. Did he produce it himself or? No, no, he never, he always works with this guy. Um, That's Noah, what I thought. Noah Shabib. Right. So uh, he, as far as I know, I think even since his um, So Far Gone mixtape, if not the one prior to that, which I can't remember the name, I didn't listen to it. Cause that's that's really a long time ago. That's like when he was doing Degrassi still, but uh, I think that uh, he's worked with him like every album for sure. Um, but he worked with some like uh, other in, like other uh, produ- like producers and uh, people to like kind of make the 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 sound of the um, Baltimore and Jersey kind of club music. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's more of like a from what you're but it's different from what, it's not like a pop something yeah. i mean it could be on pop but it's so, definitely something you could hear like for sure that kind of sound um like i said i don't think it's terrible at all i don't i don't think it's a bad record that's what i was trying to get you i feel like if you if there's any record that you would actually enjoy maybe not like vocally or um even lyrically but just like the beats i feel like if you listen to just like the beats you'd be like okay this is pretty good if you didn't know who sang it, <laughs> if we could just yeah, edit just out all the, like the uh, the vocal tracks and just separate and just have an instrumental, you'd be like, okay, this is pretty good. It's a bop. Yeah, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. But I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it sounds like I mean, it sounds like it's more of a dance thing. Which I mean, like, yeah. Hotline that Hotline Bling song sounded, you know, it, it could it was a little more club type, you know. I mean, yeah. It definitely barred elements, and then he's had some other stuff too, especially on that more life that, um, like dance hall type things. Uh, he, he had a lot of yeah. those sounds, so it's it kind of remi- if anything, it reminds me of that record in a way. Um, but instead of more dance hall, it was more of like the like like Jersey club sound, Baltimore club sound, kind of. But I mean, it's not like it's not bad. Uh, I'm I'm actually surprised the uh, the reaction to it is so bad because or or is more harsh um and they they said a lot of people are like well this is kind of corny <laughs> and i agree like if you've ever listened to him throughout you know since whenever he started his music has always had some like corniness to it yeah it's just, like he's corny just listen to it if <laughs> you just not really paid attention or you just listen to like singles because there's a lot of corny stuff in the music like for sure 
maybe this has a little bit more than others i guess i didn't really listen to the yeah. to, like all the lyrics and like i'm going through like this genius put up going reading all the lyrics or anything i just kind of want to get a feel for the record and and i feel like that i've i have a good idea um but uh yeah i, I like like i said not not too bad i'm kind of surprised about the reaction um yeah so what did the ringer people say about it they like it or dislike it one of the hosts definitely didn't like it he liked the uh, he I, it was like the guest um because charles holmes always does the show and then he'll bring on a guest when he talks about a record and the guest uh he brought on today and I, i'm sorry i don't remember his name i know he's an editor for a magazine i believe but uh he liked the latter half of the record but didn't really like the record itself like he he really hated one of the songs um let me pull up the track listing to tell you yeah. it was so overall though they weren't too keen on it well he didn't like the song currents at all and then the host charles Holmes okay. actually he said he didn't mind the record he actually thought it was like and he he kind of i was like the vibe of the record i like the like the sound of it that's what i thought was appealing um and i think that's kind of what he thought about it too like you go and know it's not going to change the world or anything but it's, it's a pretty good record it's you know it's not going to change the music industry it's definitely taking some influence for sure um and maybe yeah. not taking that influence and making it 100 percent. but he's definitely leaning into the project fully like he's not like doing this on 30 percent of the songs or something he's doing this through the whole record so he, he did at least go for it and uh, try something different and something he wanted to do so it's it's not he said it's not bad and like he likes the beginning half versus the latter half um i don't know if i have a favorite part of the record um i have certain songs i really like like i, I really do like massive i think it's fantastic that's and that's the one he um uh, i think they i think he really liked the song massive as well uh i just think it has a really 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 good sound to it um i also overdrive caught me uh right away i was like that one's kind of i really I like me listening again because i don't sometimes always recognize the the name with them and there's some i didn't like like i really didn't care for texaco green um it was just kind of a song that was like eh and then currents the one the, the one the one guy did not like the guest i don't like that one either uh mainly because one of the beats is like a bed spring and it's just the whole entire song and it's kind of like annoying <laughs> like a squeaky bed spring or yeah ugh. throughout the entire song it's just annoying yeah. it's really it's kind of like eh. so i thought that was kind of like out of place well not really out of place i, I mean i i know what he's going for with it but it just was kind of, i just didn't like it i thought it was kind of stupid so i personally didn't care for the song gotcha yeah that doesn't sound like an appealing uh beat or note yeah so overall though you know not like it's not bad um it's definitely one i will revisit whereas like um <sighs> they released one uh, he released one not so long called i think it was like darkling demos or something like that and it wasn't very good uh, i mean i darkling I mean, or dark wing dark lane like a car okay. lane you know yeah okay. yeah 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 like dark and, lane gotcha yeah yeah it wasn't very good because i remember when it came out i might have I don't even know if I listen to it twice. Like most of them, I at least listen to a record twice to get a feel for it. Cause sometimes the first time you don't really hear it that well, but that one was pretty, pretty awful in my book. Um, like I said, sort of, I love it, but didn't really, that came out like in September. I just didn't, I, I'll, I'll go back and revisit it one time just to make sure I didn't miss anything on it, but I didn't really care for it. 
uh, when it came out. But this one, like this, was definitely one I'll, I'll revisit again, especially it feels very fitting for summer. Um, not always, but sometimes in summer. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way uh, about this. Now I could probably I can listen to music anytime, but sometimes certain music sets the stage uh, for just like the time of year or something. And so summer, uh, sometimes there are certain records or certain albums um, or just a certain sound uh, that just sounds very good in summer. And I would say this is one of those records and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I think Folds, I think the new Folds records does a, or has a really summery sound to it. And so I think it's kind of fitting, you know, both these records came out this past week at the start of summer um, and kind of, hits that summer kind of vibe with it at least. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I haven't done it in a while recently, but I used to make like summer playlists and I was actually thinking about oh, it the I other do. day about making one for this year. Um, so like, I mean, cause also just with me, I've always, I've always been really drawn to anything that has kind of like a, a surfery or a beachy vibe. Um, Do you like Vacationer at all? Who? The It's Kenny Vasoli from the starting line. It's like his more indie project. Is than... Kenny the lead singer of the starting line? Okay. Yeah. See, I, I always struggled with the starting line. The only album of theirs I really got into was Direction. Because that one, that one yeah, had like, one. it was just a little more aggressive. And I don't know, I just... Speaking of being cheesy, they were a band that so many people I knew loved. And I mean, I listened to a ton of emo at that time as well, but they were just a little too cheesy yeah. for me. I never could get into them until Direction. So no, I haven't listened to that. It's weird because they've, they've only, now Direction for me is a summer record. That, that one, I have no idea when it was released, but it just, the whole sound of it just sounds very warm and vibrant yeah. and i really really like that record of the summer <coughs> Bless you. excuse me and um yeah. i like the one before it based on the true story it does have a lot of cheese to it it definitely um has some age on it when you listen to it uh like it, it's it's a, it sounds a little bit dated but it just for me uh i remember buying that when i think that was oh five when that came out and i think i bought that um i was with my friend scott best buy and this is where and you might have done the same thing you go to best buy they have like the in cap and they have like the warp tour in cap that has like bands of warp tour. Oh yeah. And so oh, what yeah. Scott and I used to do is this is before streaming music. Of course, this is like in 2005. Um, there was streaming. Well, no, I guess there wasn't streaming. It was no, downloading not on your phone. Well, you only had like your iPod at that point. No, there was, um, there was an iPhone just, then, but not in 2005. There wasn't. No, it was later in the, uh, later in the aughts, like 2009 or 10. No, because that was smart. No, I take it back. I take it back. It wasn't twenty. It wasn't two thousand ten. Um, no, because in two thousand six, it would have been. That's when I got my iPhone. Was two thousand ten. So, and that was the yeah. fourth one. So it was probably two thousand six. But but that yeah. was like very Anyways. early, and I don't even know. Yeah, there was what, stre- like, size there, you could even have. There on was the iPhone. some streaming already because you could stream on like MySpace. You could stream on Pure Volume, but yeah. You weren't I mean, streaming like, on your from phone. Your phone, how you, how most people right. do it today, in, in, in yeah. that sense. Because I stream music online, whether it be radio yeah. stations or your volume, yeah. things like that. Yeah, you weren't streaming on your phone back then, no, no, so no. you weren't driving. Yeah, you weren't driving around and being able to stream. Yeah, I got it. Was you. like it was like either taking CDs 
or putting, I did have an iPod color at the time because I got it when I graduated in 03. So like I had the iPod photo one and uh, I put all my music on it, of course. So um, anyway, Scott and I would, what we do so we could get music because, you know, you had to buy music for sure back then. Not that I don't buy it now, I do, but you know, you really had to buy it then unless you found it illegally. And so we would each buy a CD and then we'd burn a copy. And then, or if we wanted the CD, um, we go at halves on it and one would get the physical copy and one would get the burnt copy. So he bought motion CD. Sound that's a good CD. racket. I mean, a lot of yeah. us did that back then. Oh yeah. Cause I mean, that's the easiest way. I mean, if you pay 10 bucks for a CD, cause that's kind of like the going rate. If they weren't on sale, it was like nine ninety nine. Then when you're paying like five bucks for a record, that's pretty good or a CD at that point. So he bought Commit This to Memory by Motion City Soundtrack, a band that I'm seeing this Friday, who's playing that record, which is another one of my all-time favorites. And uh, I bought the starting line based on the true story because they were both a Warped Tour that year. And I think we got them pretty cheap. I think they might have been like $7.99, but um, that's how I fell in love with based on the true story. Like, I just, I really like the record. It is, it's definitely not aged um, well, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a record I really enjoy. But Direction, I think, is their best record for sure. Um, and they even think that because when they did the live stream last year, Kenny said, this is our best record. And it, it is. It's it's great. Direction is is pretty yeah. fantastic. No, that's a that's a phenomenal record. It really was. Um, but anyways, I have not heard his side project. You said it's called Voyager? No, no, I'm sorry. It's a Vacationer. Vacationer. I remember the V. <laughs> it's very beachy sounding. I, that's why I think you would like it. And I, it's kind of has some like. Um, okay. It, it's definitely very summer. I think they have two full lengths out. Maybe two full lengths, and one might be instrumental as well. So it might be three full lengths. But uh, the first two records, he did, he did pretty well with it. Like I remember he played like Coachella and stuff. Like of course it's a smaller band and everything. Um, he wasn't like high on the list, but he he did well with Vacationer. I don't think he's done much with it recently. I think the last thing was the instrumental project that he did with it. So, but I think you like him. It's definitely worth a listen for sure. No, I'll check it out for sure. Then I'm looking it up right now. He hasn't, the last thing he did with it was 2019. So here's another problem I have whenever I do like seasonal music for the most part, I try Mm -hmm. to do like most current. So I'll try to find stuff Uh, that's like, so like I'll, I'll try to like make a playlist of like summer stuff and I'll usually would have already started on it. Um, Like I said, I was thinking about it just yesterday where I was at the beach, but uh, so I'm going to, so usually when I do something like that, I'll start looking for stuff that's come out like around like April or May at the latest, like the, and then like, Mm-hmm. And then do so. I try to do like a playlist for that year, like music, like that year, that summary is what I'll do a lot. Why don't you? What here's here's something because I have one that I call it Sunny Day. Uh, I think it's called Sunny Day Driving. It's the playlist that I have, and it's like a bunch of stuff like the the album I mentioned from um, the Starting Line Direction. Uh, it has some other things that kind of give me those vibes. It has the um, Foo Fighters record, record uh, Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. Because for some reason, I just get summer driving vibes to that. Uh, it has a few other albums and some songs. Some are just just songs that I like to give me that kind of vibe. I think May might be on there. Right. But anyway, the point is, I have one record, one playlist, just a bunch of songs I keep adding to. 
And then I have another one sometimes, and I don't do this every year, but I'll have one that I have maybe that's more current and smaller, like 40, 60 songs. And it's more manageable, but like they have that kind of like the same vibe kind of deal. Like we were having a pool party one time and I kind of made one for it, kind of just like summary kind of new stuff. I think Paramore was out at the time. I think this was around the time after Laughter came out. And that has a uh, very summary kind of vibe. And that was on there. Um, some other dance kind of stuff too. Um, can't remember everything that was on it. Maybe some, I don't want to say who, because I'm probably going to be wrong because I haven't looked at it in a long time, but I still have the playlist because I liked it. So. Yeah, that could work for sure. I mean, I've done them before. I just hadn't started on it yet. Uh, but there's definitely some stuff that could probably work. Uh, the um, It's just a matter of me starting to sit down with it. Uh, but but I I could do that too. Like I usually will go, like I'll find some stuff that I like and then maybe spin off of that, like doing a radio based off of it or um, just looking up summer mixes or like summer playlists i mean to say if i don't already have ideas but i just haven't done it yet but anyways i say all that to say um i definitely do stuff at times that fit like seasons i've even done like fall ones before and stuff like that but it's the summer ones i usually like to enjoy more especially for Back in the day when I was like me and my buddies would take like an hour drive to go surf somewhere and things like that. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to say, uh, I just want to one last thing. Cause I, I did make a list of things I wanted to talk about. I was listening to the record again today. Um, there are, it's, it kind of reminds me in a way when I put the new, the new Drake record on Cause something I really like listening to are like lo-fi hip hop beats. Have you ever listened to them by chance? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Listen, I listen. You do you listen to Chill Hop? Chill yes. Hop uh-huh. is the uh-huh. shit. And honestly, I it's listen great. to that stuff a lot when I'm doing like meditation and mindfulness. What I like about it, and, and I like what you said too, because you can I can listen to any music. The only thing I can't listen to is like if I was listening to like a comedy record, I can't do that and do anything else because I'm too focused on like listening to the jokes and whatnot. So I can't do that. I can't listen to hip hop and do much else. Uh, Because if it's good, I am really drawn in to the beats and to, because it's more like talking. Uh, Like I struggle to listen to a podcast. It depends on what I'm doing. There's certain things that I can't listen to a podcast and do anything else. Like driving is a little different, but like, things that you have to give a little bit of focus because I'll find my, I'll realize, yeah. Oh, for the last 10 minutes, I haven't listened to this podcast at all. Or I'm so drawn into the podcast. I can't really do anything else. Yeah. And hip hop, like rap focus on what is else? the same for me. If it's good, I can't really do much. I was like, I can clean my, I can like clean and listen to it or something. But there's a lot of stuff I can, like rap's not something I can put on and work. See, I I understand what you're saying because I get that way. Like with the comedy records, podcasts to agree. I usually pause a lot. Like if I'm at work and I'm if someone's trying to talk to me or something, like I'm pausing it because then that would be way too complicated. I'm listening. It's like two people talking to you at one time. Um, so podcasts, I get, I definitely get that for sure. And there are times where I've been like so focused on whatever I'm doing at the time, whether if I'm doing something like a task at work or something, 
where I'm like, oh, wait, I got to rewind this like 30 seconds or a minute because I totally zoned out there and didn't hear what they were saying. Um, I don't really, it would be more like that than get distracted to where I'm not doing my job unless it's a com- like it's a comedy record. But the with the lo-fi, most of them are instrumental. Some of them do have lyrics here and there, uh, but it's just, it's so nice. It's relaxing, I find. Uh, you yep. You can definitely... Yep whether meditate or do work like this, that would be something and probably something I did put on. Cause I remember um, there, there, I would listen to instrumental music when I was in college cause they didn't affect me at all as far as uh, doing like homework or something like that. And, and lo-fi hip hop would definitely work for sure. Or chill beats or something like that would definitely work. Yeah, no, I've definitely gotten into that stuff. Um, there's actually just came out the other day. Uh, Chill Hop Essentials Summer 2022 came out recently. I want to. I don't know if they'll be on Apple Music because I know you're an Apple Music person. But I'm going to send two records, um, and I want to get one of them because it's just lo-fi, and it's. I know there's a vinyl of it, and there's a vinyl of the other one too. It just sold out, and and it's called. Um, it's done by Retro yeah. Jungle. It's called uh, A Day in Japan, and it's like lo-fi hip hop with like a Japanese twist, and. Uh, the other one I want to send is like all lo-fi hip hop, but all kind of in the same groove. And it's, it's on vinyl as well. At some point I like to get both of those on vinyl. I, the only retro jungle album I see is called summer vibes. And it's from 2019. Now there are some singles showing on Apple music. Uh, and it's, they have people on it that I'm recognizing. Which are like other, um, like lo-fi like artists and stuff. It's funny. A lot of times you'll see like these lo-fi artists that it'll say like featuring so and so, and it's you would think like in my head yeah. I think oh then maybe they got someone like doing vocals. No, it just means they're collabing on the beats. Mm-mm. So there's some other stuff by Retro Jungle on here. Uh, but the only actual song, I'm sorry, the only actual album is that one from 2019. And I think that's how how you described it, where it's more of a collaboration effort. Right. I think that's what, or a comp, I don't know if it's a collaboration or a compilation, but it's something similar to one of those. And that's how both of these records are. Yeah. Um, but I sent both of them to you, like in Messenger just now. Uh, okay, cool. But they're both really, really good. And the future of Lo you can definitely get that one. Um, on, you can do both of them on vinyl. It's just Retro Jungle hasn't shipped yet, and it's sold out on the website, so you have to wait till someone like lists it on eBay or Discogs. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder why it, neither of these, if they're by Retro Jungle, um, obviously the the other one you sent, The Day in Japan is. I'm surprised. Yes, the other one is not, though. Yeah, I'm surprised they're not showing on Apple Music, because a lot of this stuff is. Yeah. Um, and I discovered them. I don't like. I, I listened to a playlist one time. Uh, I was listening to kind of like that kind of. It it wasn't. I don't think it was characterized as lo-fi hip hop, but it kind of. I think what I was. I think I was listening to Triathlon, which is this band that used to be on Broken Circles, and they're kind of like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're not. They're definitely have a lo-fi sound to them. They're definitely not hip hop. They're more of like an indie. Right. They have some hip hop yeah. influence on on 
kind of two of the releases in a way but it's like they're not rapping or anything but you could definitely hear some hip-hop mild hip-hop influences right and um i think that ended and so it started playing like songs on on spotify and that's how i found out some of these and i'm like oh okay and i think it kind of spiraled from there because i found out okay well i need to look for lo-fi and then i started looking for lo-fi more uh that's how i found these two records and i, I was honestly when i heard a couple of songs like, oh this is pretty good so i just would just jump on the whole record or you know the playlist or whatnot but uh yeah i really just they're very nice because they're um easy listening in a way <laughs> which is definitely not the style of music but it's just like you could listen to it and still do stuff and 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 still kind of get into it but not so into it where you can't focus on whatever task you're doing or whatnot and um i don't want to i don't want to go to Foles yet because i feel like that i've been talking so much <laughs> So okay, I do want to that's do Foles, good. but I'm gonna, yeah, for sure. I want to no, that sounds some, some floor to you. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds good because I don't want to take too much before going to um, before giving you a chance to jump on Foles either. And I definitely want to talk about sports, so uh, we don't want to spend too much on music. Yeah, but um, before I jump to like some of the other stuff I have musically, while we're talking about the lo-fi and all that stuff, do you listen to Sleepy Fish? I have not. I, I've never heard Sleepy of it. Sleepy Fish is good. Listened. So, like, you, if you've listened to some of the Chill Hop stuff, you may have, because they're on a lot of yeah. their, or not a lot, but they're on some of their uh, compilations. Like, they're on the new summer one, and I'm pretty sure that's how I found them. But check out Sleepy Fish. Uh, it's it's definitely got that style to it where it's easy listening. I'm just looking at the compilation right now they're on there is what made me think of it there's also another group that i just found kind of recently called psalm trees like palm trees but psalm trees and they're good as well and i'm looking okay. sad toy is on here i've listened to them and some others but uh arbor i just found arbor uh a-r-b-o-u-r i just found them uh not too long ago and they're on this one as well so anyways yeah i definitely am into that stuff a lot and that's a thing like 10 years ago i almost never listened to instrumental um and definitely not even before then i just wasn't my bag live would be a different story if it was good but i was just what didn't want to do and now i do it a lot more often uh, like like i enjoy it like i said especially with like trying to find stuff for like meditation mindfulness mm -hmm. stuff like that so yeah check out sleepy fish and some other stuff but i don't know they like sleepy fish but the the name definitely fits the aesthetic of their sound and it could easily be something you played for your kids to get your kids to chill out i feel me not having any kids but i feel like you totally could do that with it but yeah. at the same time if you like that style of music, it's not like it's kid music. It just, there's enough warmth to it that it told that I feel like it could work. Yeah. For kids as well. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Not so it's good. But yet, uh, anyways, <laughs> um, there was not much, in the way of releases for me this weekend that I saw, uh, really at all. I didn't do a ton of like hard hunting 
paper stuff, but just for like looking at yeah. releases that normally would like um, just like checking in new releases and such. There really wasn't anything on my radar, and I didn't see anything that really interested me either. Uh, I did spend a good bit of time listening to um, stuff from Friend Club Records. We talked about them last week. Led to actually, yeah, led to actually a conversation on Instagram. Yeah. Shout out. I tagged them in a post on our Top Plays podcast Instagram. If you haven't uh, started following us, start following us. Uh, but I tagged them in a post. They reciprocated by tagging us in a story and then uh, hit us up on Instagram. We talked for a little bit. But anyways, I had mentioned last week they did this deal, five records for $60. That includes shipping. So I jumped. Such a steal. It's like 12 bucks a record. Yeah. And that's shipped to you. Right. To get a record for $12 in store that's that's brand new is almost impossible, let alone to have it shipped right. to you as well. So that's exactly. a really good price. Yeah. So anyways, I did it. I didn't know what I was getting. And they sent five different records. And I have had a chance to uh, listen to all of them. And they're all, I'm not just saying that because, you know, like, I'm a fan of the record label. They are all good records. I really enjoyed them. Uh, so I had a chance to really do that uh, this weekend since I wasn't finding many new releases to listen to. So, And some of these aren't that old. Like There's a band called Floorbird that just came out with an EP. So mostly what I was sent were EPs. But even that, like an EP... A 12-inch EP is going to cost definitely close to $20 at the very least these days on vinyl. So there was the uh, Fall Apart Anywhere by Floorbird. Yeah. Emo emo rock, you know, very kind of has that kind of early 2000s, mid-2000s emo feel that I remembered as, you know, like when I got into the scene. It's really good. Uh, There's also one called Naturalist which uh the the ep or it's listed on discogs as an lp but it is not an lp it's an ep is it two is it both their eps no, together because they have two is, okay because i listened to yes, two different they ones have a from new, them they have a newer, newer ep okay. but but they both eps came out um at least the vinyl of this one came out in 2022 it's called savior and it only has three songs on it. It's definitely an EP. <laughs> um, it's just, but it's a 12 okay. inch and it's a lathe cut. Yeah, that's really cool. If you don't know what lathe Ooh, is, I'm not taking time to go into it, but it's really cool. Google it. It's a neat thing. I have some seven inch lathe cuts that are, that are really, really cool. But yeah, this is a lathe cut. And. I definitely, it's the, definitely the only 12 inch lathe cut I have. I never heard it. Yeah. I've never even seen one. It's like, just, I've only seen seven inches. Solid like black. Even... And, then, and then the vine, the song, the tracks are all on one side. But, anyways, Naturalist by Savior, really, really good. They kind of have a, the heavier end of Me Without You sound to a lot. I was going to say, definitely punk, more, more yeah. punk Me Without You vocals. Right. So it's kind of like how. Like the early punk, I mean, like like eighties kind of like punk. Not this, not guitar wise or anything, but just vocally. But they that early me without you, A to B life yes. kind of scream. Yes, not scream, yeah, definitely but the it's A definitely to B more life shout at you. Yeah, and vocally. then they do scream a little bit at times. That 
So yeah. it's also kind of a lot of spute sound. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, that's another good one. That makes sense yeah. too. Yeah. So I like it a lot. I like, like I mentioned the floor bird a lot. Um, then uh, there's a split. There's a band called You Could Be a Cop, and then the other side of it is ah oh, crap. What was the name of it again? Uh, it's uh shoot um amid the old wounds and you could be a cop is like very early 2000s kind of sappy acoustic emo sound uh you could be old wound um amid the old wounds is a little bit more full band sounding uh i kind of like it a little more the amid the old wounds tracks but it's good uh then i there was also the band least and yeah, I got yeah, yeah. I like they're them really a lot. good. They're really they're like, good. I really love the one you got. Is like that's the one I want to buy. I know it has like um because the one I can't think of the name of it, and I'm sorry. I think it's like something about like there's a cover of a person sitting in front of a mirror on it. And yeah, then on that's the other the one side I got. of it is like earlier tracks they released, which is cool on the B side. And I really like that yeah. because that was I knew from the cover art that that was one that I had as a free download, which I downloaded and added to my iPhone because, of course, that's what I do now is I still add music to my iPhone and iPad. But um, love that record yep. a lot. Or that It's like Same. an EP because it's four songs, but it's really, really good. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's a eight songs total. Yeah. Eight on the record, but on the, yes. on the actual download or something was four. Cause, gotcha. Yeah. So that came out in 21, and... Uh, I would I would call it like emo power pop, but I think it's really good. I definitely wouldn't go power pop. I would go more of like they definitely could be a band that's on warp tour because power pop I oh, think yeah. of more like poppier, like too pop, and they're not that poppy. They're more of like a we'll call it early like Fall Out Boy kind of poppy, if that makes sense. Where it's like it's still Fall Out Boy became more poppy as they. Yeah, older uh, but I would say like, uh, kind of like maybe even take this to your grave. Like, there's some rough elements in it. Not no, without this. There's no screaming in that at all, at least. But it's kind of like that kind of sound to it. Yeah, I would say like, that's a little more punk. punk. But it's, yeah, this is not punk. Yeah, but it's not pop. when I think power pop or or something like that. Like and, and like when we're talking like pop punk. I think of like maybe like all time low to a degree or um. There, there's some, some later bands on Fool by disrespectful Ramen band I've ever seen. That, that, yeah. really, that, that really had that power pop kind of sound that was like too bubblegum yeah. for me like when I wanted more yeah. of like a pop punk more punkish kind of leading pop punk anyways it's really good so I got that one as well Yeah, and then I got um, speaking of just instrumental a band called Turquoise they're a three piece nope. and a uh, I listened to that today, actually, while I was doing like my meditation and prayer time. Uh, I don't think I've heard them, so I'll have to check them out because I listened. There's a. It's funny because when we were, we were how you mentioned like we were like in each other's DMs um, last week with our our uh, top place podcast Instagram. You can follow us. Uh, cool music stuff, cool sports <laughs> stuff. Uh, I'm going to a concert yeah. and record store, so I'll probably try to put some pictures up. I meant to get the record store and record store day and forgot, so hopefully I can make amends this week. But um, I listened to the Frank. I just typed in Frank Club Records as we were recording last week, and I found a playlist. 
And I started jamming right. that that morning. And he's like, yeah, there's even a playlist. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he sent the link. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I listened to this morning. Right. And but, it got confusing because you and I. We were both talking. Right. About it. You and I were both just messaging as Top Plays podcast. Not as an individual. Right. We should have put like T dash or W dash so you know who he's talking right. to. Just like, oh, okay. I think if we made we kind of helped him figure it out. Anyways, yeah. um, all five of them I really like. I probably like the turquoise the least because it is just instrumental, but it's also really good. I need to listen to them because they were on the playlist that I can remember. And uh, it kind of reminds me of, of Sinking Ships, which was an instrumental band on um, Broken Circles. And I really, really like their stuff. I have like a seven inch and, and the one record that they released on there. But, but from the yeah. Friend Club records that I mentioned, um, of course, Least, really like Least. Um, you mentioned the band Wet Tropics and I checked them out. Oh, they're so good. They're really good. <laughs> what did I, I, I'm trying to think of how I described them. You said kind of Jimmy Eat World. No, I said it sounds like you something to be on the Scott, the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. I said it sounds like it would fit exactly yeah. on the Scott Pilgrim soundtrack. You did you say that as well. Messages. But yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed And that's one that I, I feel like I like the five for whatever deal, but I feel like I definitely want both of those records. Um, I also listened to the band. I don't know if they have a record out. I know they have a cassette out because I checked the website, but uh, the band Cricktel, they sounded pretty good uh, when I listened to them. And another one caught my ear from the the playlist is uh, Hey Thanks is the name of the band. Uh, I liked them too. And I think something must have been added because I don't remember. I'm, I'm going through now and I was like, I don't remember seeing the Jazz June on there. So I'll have to go back because I think that's probably more of like instrumental stuff maybe. But I definitely don't remember listening to that last week at all. Um, they have a pretty big roster, to be honest, and I haven't listened to the playlist yet. Yeah, it's good. There's some there's some but, stuff I don't like. I don't really want to say mm-hmm. the artists or anything because I don't like. Ugh. But I just there there are two artists specifically. I was like, mm, this isn't my jam. But but right. but most of the stuff. Yeah, is, they have quite a variety too. Yeah, so. most of the stuff is like bearable. Like I don't mind it. Or I like oh yeah the band like like there's the least and there's Wet Tropics so it's like really I really like those bands like I and I like the color of the vinyl they did for Wet, Wet Tropics. Did you listen to Floorbird? I did because they were on they have a comp on there and they were on the comp. But I if can't you like sound like off. if you like Wet Tropics and you like least Floorbird is kind is in that and is in that vein too kind of. Um, where I think you would like that as well. When when on the playlist after Curtell ends, because uh, I want to listen to that record, uh, it goes into like a playlist of a, a compilation that they did. And so if you weren't on top checking the artist every time, you could easily miss which one you were listening to. Uh, and that's I know I listened to them, but I don't like I said, don't from memory know what they sound like. But I can go back and listen to that song and any other things they have. But um, one thing really cool that if you listeners might be interested in. I'm going to promote this because I think it's badass. And I told you about it later, um, either that night or the next morning. I think it was that night because I was up listening to a couple of records. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we were talking about Friend Club Records. If you like Friend Club Records, they have a subscription service on, uh, it, I guess it goes to their band camp. But um, you can pay th- like as little as $3 a month uh, and you can get their entire discography. Like everything that they've ever released and anything new that they put out will be on there, and that's really awesome. Digitally, yeah, digitally. So if you're a fan, to clarify, of, and you can <laughs> you can stream it on the Bandcamp app. 
you can if you put it on your phone, your iPad, or other device. Um, yeah, because people don't always have iPhones. So Music have listening have device. Yeah, if you hey, if you have a if you and I have three, then I yeah, I was trying to think about four, but I think I just have three. I have three iPods still. You can put it on your iPod. Wow. Yeah. I have a Nano. I have a shuffle that you can clip on you, which is perfect for mowing. And uh, the old fat, whatever that one was, like 250 gigs thing. Yep. But anyway, uh, yeah, good stuff. For three bucks a month, that's like $36 a year. You get everything they put out and everything new they've put out. And that's that's a good, that's a, that's a really good price. So I was a fan of that. Even if you yeah, just like want to check something out, like three bucks a month, that's like not even a coffee a month. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. You can get from their website or uh, I think it might be on their band camp too, but I'm pretty sure I said on their website and it links you to their band camp, but yeah, definitely check that out. If you're, if you're interested in just checking out some new bands for a good price. Yeah, it was to clarify. It was, Hey, thanks that you said gave you the uh, Jimmy world vibes, which I have not listened to okay. them that yet. Makes sense. Yeah, because they I don't know if they have a record. I know it's a cassette for sure out yeah, for them. They definitely I, have I was a going through the store at the same time. Um but I enjoyed them. Yeah. I enjoyed those are the bands that like off the hand that I can remember. I was like, okay, I really dig this. And there's some other ones too, but those were the main ones I really was like, oh yeah. Yeah. I think I think you would also like Floorbird then based off the ones you really liked. Uh I think okay. cool. I think of those five that I got, my favorite is um, probably the naturalist because I it's it's the heavy. Yeah, you seem to dig those them a lot. Yeah, it's the heaviest though. I mean, like Floorbird's really good. Least is really good. I mean, I like I said, I enjoyed all of the ones that I got in the five LP deal, and I already had uh, the Wet Tropics. I already knew I was really into them. <laughs> Excuse me. They also have a little bit of. A that like new surf rock sound to them. The, uh, Naturalist could definitely fit in a furnace oh, fest, yeah. like, like as one of the small bands. That was one thing I noticed when I heard them. I was like, they would definitely fit in at furnace fests. Oh yeah, they but definitely. I don't know could. if they're big enough ever to get on the roster because sometimes they don't lean always brand new bands like that. So I don't know for sure. Right. But if they were to be, they, uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. If they were like one of the new bands or whenever the festival. Right. With the amount of work Furnace, uh, Furnace Fest and Friend Club have done, the Friend Club has done doing like the cassettes and stuff. And they're supposed to be doing even more this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means just cassettes or what. I just know they're supposed to be doing more with Furnace Fest. I um I could see that happening eventually. I would like it to happen. But anyways, we've Can I mention one last thing before uh, in case you're changing topics? Yeah. I, I in the message to him like I was as we were talking uh in that uh DM message, I wish that cuz I I was some really in some of the cassettes. Obviously I wanted the showbread. Um and I wanted the I was going to try to get maybe the Eve one. Um there might have been a few others, but I wish I just would have bought a couple bands like Luxury, who I know of by name but haven't listened to, or they, I think they had a beautiful mistake one, which I know but not really that well. Um, I just wish yeah. I would have bought one on a yeah, whim they to did. listen to and maybe like really enjoy the record, just because they're they're putting some good stuff out and just like I like doing that every now and then, just buying something random and just seeing if I like it or or whatnot. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. Um, yeah, I definitely could have. I ended up not buying a lot of merch at Furnace Fest. So that's something I may, when we start getting the news of the, of what they are doing, mm-hmm. I may, I may make it more of a point this time to do that. Yeah. You were very restrained last year. I think the only thing I remember you buying for sure yeah. is like other than the two records, um, you bought the Furnace Fest shirt, right? I didn't buy that till later. Cause I never saw it. Uh, oh yeah. You bought that. Yeah, you I bought, bought it that. online. I, I found it online. I was like, oh, yeah, they got it up. Um, did you buy it? Our buddy, our buddy Cameron bought that shirt and wore it, I think, either either that Monday when we were leaving or Cameron wore it the last day of Furnace Fest, one of the two. And I saw it and really liked it. So I think I think it may have been uh, the day yeah. we were that Monday when everybody was leaving. That may have been it. So, anyways, I saw it and really liked the shirt, and uh, so then I looked for it. And when it became available after the fact online, I bought it. But no, I bought. So other than doing the Furnace Fest vinyl pre-orders, I bought. Vinyl at Seasick, the Taking Back Sunday, and what was the other one? I don't even remember now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been so long ago. I, I don't remember. I'll count. I'll count the the Taking Back Sunday one because we we did that to avoid the festival crowd right. and just get that. But one. it wasn't just the that. other one. I, I won't count because it was just at the record store. <laughs> I bought I bought something else that I bought. You bought you bought something at the one the one record shop that was inside, didn't you? Because you didn't you put it in a locker or something. No, I just paid the money because I I bought Glow On. Oh, I bought okay. I bought Glow On. Yeah, you bought that that vinyl there. Which yeah, I told you it was like it's a good. I said that's a good price. It's twenty bucks, and it's selling out everywhere online. Like it won't stay in stock. So I was like, you should buy it right now. Yeah, I definitely jumped on that. I bought that, and then I bought the Taking Back Sunday. And what was the other one at Seasick that I? Because I got it. I can't remember what it was right now. Um, it, was, it was a new record. It wasn't used right. No, it was another one of the four, that Seasick had for Furnace. Oh, it was a Thursday, full collapse. Yes, that's right. That's what it was. That's it. Because I didn't buy that one. So I had, I was bummed because I would have waited, but I just purchased it probably within the last year right. leading up to it. You had something. bought it recently before, but they did a yeah. they did a Furnace Fest full collapse, and then they did the Thursday, and I already had the Thursday, so I had told myself I was no, I'm sorry, I already had the Taken Back Sunday. So I had told myself I wasn't going to get it. But then, yeah. of course, me being me, I did get the Furnace Fest version. I like the pressing yeah. they did with it, though. It looks really cool. Um, I thought so, too. So anyways, I got those at Furnace Fest. Um, I count that as because they were the Furnace Fest vinyl at Seasick. I got those. Yeah, that, those count. Because you would have got them at the festival anyway. You just We just did it right. to avoid the crowd. So I got those. I got... I already mentioned Glow On by Turnstile. I got the um, Furnace Fest pre-orders. I only did two of those. Um, And then I did Hot Sauce. Yeah, Yeah, I bought some of the Furnace Fest Hot Sauce at Furnace Fest. And I bought some of the stuff up. I'm drawing a blank on... The hope is something. It's the it's a mental health organization that was there. 
I know you were talking about because they give it out like right. Bracelets so they whatnot. give out bracelets. I got a bracelet on right now, but it's so um, I never take it off. So being in the ocean and wearing it in the shower, I can't really read it. Uh, so, but they their tagline is "It's okay to not to not be okay." I bought a beanie of theirs, a little enamel pin, and uh, the bracelet was free. So I bought that, and that's about. Yeah, that's it. That's all the merch I bought. I really didn't buy much. And then I also very much regret not buying a Shy Halud hat. They had <laughs> hat. A, Yeah, because I remember you've seen it multiple times. You're like, ah, I should have bought that. Yeah, hat. it was for Furnace Fest, and I don't know why I didn't. I fell in love with it the first time I saw it by somebody wearing it. And then so, uh, a lesson, and it's it's actually a pretty good one to do. Is uh, my mom's time when I was younger. She's like, if you have to really think about something, you probably don't like it as much as you want. But if you find if you see something right away, and you're like, I like that a lot. You should probably get it because you probably really like it and will regret not getting it. Yep, yep. I definitely definitely regret not getting it. But that was about it for merch uh, that I bought there. Yeah, uh, I, I mainly got the turnstile hoodie. I got Amberlynn socks, and I think I got <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't really care. I mean, I just didn't like their shirts that well. And I had spent so much money on Amberlynn merch just like over the pandemic because those live streams I would get. Most of the time I would get like a shirt. Not every time. I would try to get like something if it was really cool. Like I just got a shipment in the other day where they did um, the Lowborn uh, live stream. And I I got a hoodie. I got a shirt. I got a keychain, And I got a vinyl. So, yeah. They have enough of my money. Well, I just didn't see anything I really liked. I did like the socks because it was kind of different as far as merch. And then I got yeah. the uh, the turnstile hoodie, which I love. Um, yeah. And that's so, it. Other than yeah. like the, the, the pre-orders of the records and, and uh, I got the Taking Back Sunday record because uh, I got other records, mm-hmm. but I'm not counting those because they were just, I was at the record store and bought them. But, right. Uh, they weren't, they weren't Furnish Fest specific merch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't spend a ton on merch, uh, last year. We'll see what this year looks like. Um, anyways, I want to venture on to some, so like I said, there wasn't much that came out this past week that I was interested in. Um, uh, mm-hmm. definitely enjoyed going through that discography. I did, um, get. Uh, the record store day release. I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but it's a compilation called Make My Day Punk. And it's a uh, 1990s compilation from that came out. Uh, it's never been on vinyl. It was just it was just a compilation that came out back in the day. And I wanna say I'm trying to pull it up now. I want to say it was Nitro Records. Uh, but um it had okay cool it was it was the one that had like afi on it the offspring the vandals um and so i I had yes it was nitro records i had been wanting it since record store day was first released but you couldn't get it yet um because it didn't come out on that day there was delays and pressings um as is just the nature of vinyl right now so they had a second record store day that was this past saturday and that i didn't even go early but i did go before work i stopped in and they had copies of this so i got it but yeah it's got two songs by afi and this is all older catalog stuff 
two songs by AFI, two songs by Gutter Mouth, two songs by The Vandals, two songs by The Offspring, and two songs by Jughead's Revenge, which I've never even heard of Jughead's Revenge. So I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Some of the... (coughs) Shout out to Archie. Man, I don't know why I'm coughing so much tonight. Anyways, um, I... I know, I know the at least one of the Offspring songs already. I know "Hey Joe," and I know both of the AFI songs already. Uh, so I'm going to try and listen to that soon this week, uh, maybe like in the morning where I'm getting ready for work or something. But I did get that this week, and I also went and uh, got some other stuff from Tom Vendor as well. But uh, yeah, that's. That was the weekend as far as like music. I am excited, speaking of summer music, because mm-hmm. I did not realize this, but I came across it today, that this Friday there is a new album coming out from Jack Johnson. I'm a huge Jack Johnson fan, have been since his first album, Rush Fire Fairy Tales. Huge Jack Johnson fan. So... This new album is called Meet the Moonlight. There's two singles out already. And I am definitely excited about that coming out. I mean, it sounds like Jack Johnson. I really like it. Um, And then also, I have been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. (laughs) The new Biba Doobie album is out. This coming... Uh, wait, no, it's not coming until July. I thought it came out this Friday. Did it get pushed back? I thought so, too. I, thought I wonder it if it got pushed back, because I guarantee it was coming out this Friday. I swear it was coming out this Friday. So maybe it got pushed back. Dadgummit. Uh, I swear it was coming out this Friday. That makes me sad. Um, huh. Yeah, I thought for sure that was coming out this week. Yeah. Maybe I get my weeks mixed up, because I think it's... Does that mean uh, I wonder if like Soccer Mommy comes out at the same time then? Because yeah, it's it's actually July fifteenth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, yeah. I that I could have I could have sworn it was this week. Um, I thought it was either this week or it, I thought it was this week. But then Soccer I it Mommy could be Soccer Mommy is this Friday this week. It is. Yes. Okay. Maybe that's what I, maybe I got them backwards and, and I was thinking it was going to be out July, June 2nd. Then. Well, yes. I'm so bummed me. now. I could have sworn. I know I've that. been saying, I know I've been saying that Bebo Doobie was this week because I really thought it was. I swear that's what it, that's what I read. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyways, when it does come out, I'll be excited, but I am excited about um, the new Jack Johnson this week. That was a surprise that I came across yesterday. While I was driving to the beach, so I, I listened to it and then I listened to it a little bit at the beach because that's definitely summer music. I mean, I can listen to Jack Johnson all the time, but it definitely fits to me for summer music. I'll give the new Soccer Mommy a listen for sure as well. I'm not in the soccer, yeah, I'm not as in the Soccer really Mommy to the degree you are, but I do really like Soccer Mommy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I've enjoyed what I've heard everything that's been released. Um, I listened to the she just released the song on Friday, 
but I wasn't like super excited for it because I knew the whole album's coming. Like I honestly thought it was like July 2nd. It's actually a week early now. Um, so I wasn't like super, I listened to it like twice, but I didn't really like, jump on it like on repeat or anything because I'm, I'm really waiting for the album. Uh, but I love Shotgun. Shotgun is I think one of the best singles released. She worked with uh, Daniel Oppenzen from uh, 01 Tricks Point Never who worked with The Weeknd. Uh, very, very excited for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to have some 90s, like, alternative kind of vibes to it, and I'm, I'm here for it. Knowing Soccer Mommy, it definitely could. So that wouldn't surprise me. See, I, I had a little bit more music than you this week. Um, I guess I was only going to have, like, one album, but I was really looking forward to it. It was, like, really high on my list of anticipation. But, uh, of course, like the Drake one drops. I mentioned that one earlier. Um, yep. uh, the other single, one of the singles that dropped is uh, I really like every now and then. Like, I'm not, like, uh, super well-versed in her, but I do like a lot of stuff she's put out, FKA Twigs. And she released a new single, and this is probably her most. A lot of people I know that have similar music tastes than, as myself like FKA Twigs. It's just, oh, um, I'm as I've said before, there's just so much music out there. That's one I've never gotten in, never really tried or checked out. I, I've liked, um, I'm not even going to think of the, it, it's the, it's the uh, EP she released that starts with an M and there it's leaked because there's other, there's numbers mixed in as well. I can't think of the name of it. That one's really good. LP one uh, is, it's actually called that is very, very good as well. It has some definitely some Arca influence, which I really, really like Arca. Uh, he just has this weird kind of like when you hear his stuff, you can tell Arca has had his fingers on it as far as like the the sound of whatever the production and, and engineering aspect of it. So uh, he worked with a little bit on that record, um, but she's not really stayed. She's done different things. Like I know we talked about. I was really excited for the uh, the mixtape that was going to drop. I think it was last year when it came out, but it could have been earlier this year, to be honest. And I listened to it again today just to make sure I wasn't, you know, just me. And I was like, eh, I'm just, I'm still not vibing with that too well. I don't think it's bad by any means. It's just something that I'm not like blown away by or just like love. But the new single is definitely, I would say her, I would say, I don't, don't want to say radio friendly in a way, but it sounds like it could definitely be a hit on the radio for sure. It's called Killer, um, but yeah, it's it's a really good track. Uh, I I tried to find out some information about an, another record dropping since she just did, and I'm pretty sure it was this year. She just released that mixtape, so I I'm kind of surprised because the mixtape was kind of longer. I feel like it was at least 15 songs, um, but then to already have something in the works already as far as like another project, maybe by fall or or even winter, if you're dropping a single now in June, you're looking at maybe three four months out, so. I haven't heard anything yet. Uh, maybe it's just a one-off single, but I really liked it. Um, I already put it in my 22 list because I know it's going to be up there somewhere. Um, and then the other thing that came out this week, which, like I said, one of my all-time favorite bands. I just I just love this band so much. But uh, Foles released uh, their Let's new... Let's get into it. Their, their uh, new record called Life Is Yours. And let me tell you, you have not listened to it yet, but I already know you're going to like it when you hear it. It's it's again one of the summer vibes. It just just bleeds summer vibes all over it. I like Foles when I hear them. Yeah, they're just another band. I've just never again that holds a lot of music out there. 
So like every now and then something will pop up and I'm like, and I look and they're like, oh, that's false. Or somebody will say, this is false. I'm like, okay, I do like this, but I can't tell you a song or anything. I just, I've never really paid attention to them. So I know they're a band I would like. I just need to do it. So I'll, I'll try and do that this week. Uh, check out the new one. And th- I would say there, and, and the new one, if, and if you dive into the back catalog, there's not really a lot that sounds like it. There are some songs off of um, uh, part one. I'm trying to think of the name of the full record. Uh, Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost. I, I don't think that was worded. They, they released that record in two parts. And the, there are some songs on that record that gave me vibes of this new record. That's like the closest one. But other than that, like a lot of their stuff is, like, it sound, doesn't sound like this. But I feel like that for summertime, you're going to be like, oh, this record gives me hips kind of deal uh because it's it just that's that's exactly how it sounds um gotcha yeah i listened to it again while i was in the shower um tonight after mowing and everything uh as i was getting ready before recording on the podcast because i just want to get another listen and i i probably i think i've listened like i said listen to the drake record at least four times i probably listened to this record at least four to five times um because i i just want to get a good feel for it and i was like i said very anticipating this record uh, pulling it up right now. Hang on one second so I can get all the track listing down. So they had five songs already out. Um, Crest of the Wave has really grown on me since I think that was the, the the very last single they released leading up to the record. And that is one that just has really grown on me a lot. I like that. I like the, the guitar work they do to start the song. Uh, 2 a.m. is just a bop. Um, it's the third song on it. It's It's just... Yeah, I could see this one at least getting on like you know how they do like Apple Music Radio or something. That I could see that one being mm-hmm. a bigger song. Um, Wake me up is good. Uh, Two thousand one was also another single they released. Wake me up before you go, go. Cause I don't <laughs> want to spend it in a light at all. No, wake me up. Anyways, sorry. Back to you. <laughs> Flutter. Flutter was good. I liked it as well. But anyway, the, the album is good. I don't know where I've like. I did mention this to you the other day. There has been no great record release this year so far there's been some good ones there's been some ones i've really really enjoyed but there's nothing i feel like i've not listened to anything this year or or full album this year that i'm like man two years from now i'm like not stuff i won't revisit because there will be stuff i revisit i don't mean that but i mean something like punisher we'll use that for example because i just had the two-year anniversary the other day that's a record that i look back on from like released two years ago i'm like that is like gonna be my top 10 top 15 something like that when i look back at the decade because that record is just incredible um or even last year turnstile like that record was a was a really really big moment for me and uh i would say snail mail is another one i could see possibly making else because i really really enjoyed the snail mail record um so good yeah so i feel like those have a higher level not just a replay but i feel like they just even over time, let's say, okay, this is still going to last. And I, I just feel like that halfway into the year, I'm very surprised I, have, I don't have a record. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, in 10 years, I'm going to be jamming that record still because it's, you know, this good or what have you. Did you – have you listened to the new Valley Heart? I actually listened to it tonight because I have not listened to it other than, like, a few songs in. I either get a few songs in and get distracted or I see a podcast is out. So I have not listened more than three or four songs. And it's okay. the same three or four songs until tonight. And I listened to it. It's good. I still don't think I like it as much as um, 
the the one record everyone you ever loved i still like that one a little bit better i obviously listened to this one the one time so i have to go back and listen to it again but i liked it i did like it and i listened to the whole record uh i did that uh why mode and then i put away dishes afterwards and listened to the entire record so yeah i would say to for for me this one is uh at up at the same level as everyone i've ever loved uh so um so for me i would say it's as good i think so um but i think it's a great album um i thought frank turner's newest release i don't know if i would say great it's close it's one of his best um and i also like he returned a little bit to the punk stuff but he's not an artist that you've listened to a lot and he's an artist i love speaking of which I have two tickets to see him this Sunday in Orlando. I'm trying to find someone to go with me because I don't trust my car to make it to Orlando. Um, so I got to find someone to go with me so I can go to that show. Otherwise, yeah. kind of last minute, I'm going to end up having to try and sell both the tickets. And I'll be very sad because the Bouncing Souls are also playing that. And I've been trying to see them for like 15 years. So anyways. What about... What about renting a car? Dude, Would that be an option? Rentals are so expensive now, and because I'd have, to, I know they were they were bad. Uh, not they're not the year so we went. expensive right now. Actually, actually, might have been the year we went to the cabin, but I know for sure, like in twenty twenty one, like they were really bad, like skyrocketing, like. And because it's because it's the weekend, uh, yeah, the, most of the rental places around here aren't open on weekends, so you have to rent for the whole weekend, yes. or at least rent from Saturday and Sunday because you can't drop it off right. on Sunday. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I would have to rent it. Yeah, and it's just so they're so expensive right now. So no, that's not going to work for me. Uh, but anyways, there's definitely some albums I think are great. I I think the new Comeback Kid is great album that to me is a great album i know you liked it um oh yeah i really enjoyed it and it very well could make my list yeah but it's not a record that i'm gonna look i don't think at least at this time i don't see it being a record that in like five years i'm gonna be like man do you remember that comeback kid record from five years ago i just don't i mean it's very good it's definitely something i have downloaded and will listen to frequently or like i'll I'll pop up yeah it looks like comeback kid record in a while something like that for sure but like I still to this day, like Punisher, it's like two years ago. It doesn't even seem like it's been out two years. I can't believe it. But Punisher for me is just like, holy cow, that record just is another level. Like yeah. when it no, came I out, I really enjoyed saying. it. And I regret putting it three that year. <laughs> like I really like, it should have been, it definitely should have been like two, but I don't, I, I, I for sure, definitely two, but it could have been, it should probably have even been one, even though I really, really enjoyed the weekend after hours. And that was like a great record, but it's still, Right, doesn't have yeah. the shelf life that the Punisher will have, and so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, speaking on all this, I'll just bring up something I wanted to mention, and that is, I've started mostly just thinking about because someone, so there is a Facebook group called Furnace Fest Community, and someone posted just asking, "Hey, you know, we're we're into June, so first half of the year." what are like some of y'all's three favorite albums or three albums you think are great. And that's how you and I got on that topic of what's a great album release. So, yeah. So it got me thinking about uh, the, like where I am as far as like looking at like a top 10 or like albums of the year. So I've, 
So we're halfway. I want us. So like in July, because then half the year will officially be past us when this month ends. Yeah. And you know, my yeah. record, my record play goes from December 1st to, and I guess if something came right. out like November 30th, you know, I would probably yeah. roll that into it as well. But mine goes from December 1st of the la- the previous year to right. November 30th of this year. So I can really set with it a lot. And Right. No, I'm with you there. But anyways, I was thinking we should maybe do a, okay. So like first half of the year, what are we looking at? That's really stuck with us type of deal. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'd be down for that for sure. Especially cause like I said, after this week, this week's coming episode where we can talk about the NBA draft, it'll be very sports light for a couple of weeks. And like I said, we can talk about playlists, we can talk about things that are come, like that have come out this year that we really enjoyed. Cause I already have a list. Like I've already, I don't have a long list, but I have a list of things that would potentially kind of hang there. Right. At least what's your, if the, even if you haven't found something you consider a true great album yet. Yeah. This what, are, enjoyed. what are your favorites so far? Which also remember Don FM came out first, came out this year, which I think because yeah. it was so early in the year, I forget about that, but it came out this year. Yeah. Cause it was, it, it was came out um, like January, February? January. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Apple music says January 7th. That's how, yeah, that's how recent oh, it wow. was. That's why I don't think I yeah. I forget that it was that it was an album this year because it's it's been a while since I've like I've listened to bits of it, but it's been a minute since I've listened to that whole album just in that one sitting because uh, so because of that I forget that it's a 2022 release. Uh, but no, I definitely I definitely knew it was for sure. Um, I just didn't realize it came out that I was thinking like February for like the release of it. Now there are some, some things like I'm looking at my list cause I was I'm weird and have like lists like year right, like on here to, cause I know I forget about things. So I'll try to go through. Um, but I have, I have a few that like hanging out, like they're ready. They're, they're just chilling, but right. you know, they, yeah. they officially haven't made any type of list, but I have some, some things I have my eye on uh, for this year and, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about this in the episode. I don't want to spoil it because I, I know what probably one of my couple favorite records from the year are. But right, yeah, sense. let's not do it now. We've already gone way over an hour. Yeah, on music we'll, anyway. we'll switch over. Uh, two things: Death Heaven, that uh, Zeotrope record is <sighs> so good. Uh, it looks awesome. I sent you a bunch of videos and pictures of it over the weekend as I spun it on Saturday. Yeah, I told you to put that on the Instagram. Uh, I still can. Yeah, I, I still have the videos. They're probably on my phone. I don't think I've deleted them yet. Yeah, um, sure. But yeah, uh, that that record, uh, and I even told you, and I can't believe it because they're a band I really just did not care for at all. And they're a band I, that almost killed you because they were so loud. I like them so much. Like I bought the record after he- maybe he- listening to that record one time because I just now I did go back to their older stuff, and I'm still not vibing with it as much because this has the most um, uh, shoegaze sound to it. They have elements and other stuff, but a lot of screaming too, and I'm like, eh. Well, they yeah, I mean, they were like a shoegaze death, a shoegazy or shoegaze yeah. element death metal band, and that's yeah. And this is more of like if you like shoegaze and not the death metal screen, right. This is the record for you because it it's very toned down, and I like this record yeah. a lot. And so, they're not even like metal core that you listen to some of. No, they are like death metal. I mean, yeah, more style. Like yeah, like that's just not your vibe. No, yeah. no. But this record is awesome, and it doesn't sound like that. No, and not at all. 
it's Wait, it's I, so good. I've listened. To, I, it, it would be yeah. my third favorite record from if I was to redo my list from last year, which I do go back and edit it. I don't edit it really, but like on Instagram because I post it every year. Like I just do. Right. And so I if I if I miss a record because it always happens every year. And I honestly thought twenty twenty one. I had to think about what year it was last year. Uh, I I don't think I missed anything last year until I heard this record. And then I did add that to my list. It's the first one I've added, like, and add De- Death Heaven, um, Infinite Granite. That actually be my third. Yeah. Like, there were really good. Really, there was like two releases stood above the rest. It was Turnstile and Snail Mail. This would be three that stood above the rest, and then everyone else. It, that's how good this record is. Yeah, and it's crazy because it, to me, it sounds like a totally different band, like straight up. It, yeah, it it sounds way because I started listening to a couple of their older or earlier records um, on Saturday. At, there's nothing metal about it. No, the older records, and I was like, Ugh, nah, I'm I'm good. I, and I checked out a few of them too, like I skipped around, and I'll do it again. But I was like, nah, these are this is too much for me. And then I listened to uh, another band we've talked about, uh, Alexis on Fire. Um, so yes. I listened to them and they're okay. Like I didn't mind the first, I listened to the first record. I think is what I listened to with the, uh, the two um, uh, Catholic school girls on holding knives. Yeah. I think that, I think you're right. I think that's the first I record. So. I'll pull it up while we're talking. Yeah. But I did hear Dallas in it. Like I, I know listening to it this time and with a more uh, tuned ear and everything, but I, I, I liked it. I didn't dislike it. It definitely had an early, um, aughts kind of like uh, sound to it like almost like a Thursday kind of sound in a way a little bit more screamy but not screamy screamy but like like hardcore but it kind of had more sc- more screams in it than like oh for Thursday sure would. yes yeah definitely well they have an artist I mean it's an artist they have like they have a lead vocalist that pretty much all he does is screaming uh, yeah Kind of like under oath in a way. Yeah. And Spencer's been singing more. Yeah. So yeah, similar to that style. And you're right. The Alexis on Fire. It was just a self-titled debut album that came out in 2003. So like they've been out a while. I first started listening to them with the album Crisis that came out in 2006, and then Old, um, the album Old Crow's Young Cardinals came out in 2009, and then they went on like a, a hiatus. And now they have the album Otherness coming out in 2022. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they haven't been around in a while. So Yeah. All right. Let's uh it's a minute. I'm sorry, a minute. It's an hour and thirty in, so we should definitely yeah, go ahead and switch let's over. Switch to on over. Sports, even though it'll be very abbreviated. So Yeah, but no, let's switch on over. Uh just real quick. The um side B, yeah, side B sports. Uh just real quick. The uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and until tonight, the uh, Tampa Bay had been down. It, the first game went into overtime, and uh, Colorado won by one point, and then Colorado routed Tampa Bay in the second game. And so, like you mentioned when we were when I was when we were first started talking uh, before we got into music, uh, that. Tampa Bay really needed to win tonight, and they did pretty handily. It was six to two, so that's so. There's a chance for the Lightning to win three Stanley Cups, which is pretty cool. Yeah, because um, really, hockey is one of those sports. If you if your goalie gets hot, so this could be like the momentum push or the momentum start that they needed. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Colorado, from what, like I said, I don't really follow hockey, but from what I've heard people say, Colorado Avalanche are really, really good. They've had a really yeah. good season. They, I think this is the first time since like '97 that they've been in the uh, Stanley Cup final. But, um, but yeah, they, they're they had a really, really, really good season. Um, yeah, NBA ended. We yeah. are we are uh, four or five days over. now post NBA. Uh, my my sleep schedule doesn't know what to do with itself because <laughs> I'm not staying up till oh like gosh, dude, one a.m. watching West Coast basketball or twelve thirty. I've gotten whatever. worse. I'm so used to staying up late that I can't go to sleep, and I just find myself <laughs> not going. And I know part of a lot of it has to do with forcing myself to stay up for these NBA games. And then on, so then now I just like find myself watching TV until super late. And I'm bad. Like if I can't, if I'm liking what I'm watching, it's hard for me to stop. And then I just stay yeah. up. Um, I kind of like, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. You get on that roll. Yeah. Of like, just like, oh man, this is such a good show. That's, that was kind of like me tonight. Like I, I started probably last week, season three of Westworld. And it's, I'm just fitting it in right now. In my, I don't have a ton of TV shows I watch, but, you know, fitting in here and there between like a basketball game or, or what have you. But um, I had started an episode and maybe got six or seven minutes into it. I watched more today as I was eating dinner. And then when I came back in from mowing, I was getting ready to get in the shower. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I was going to work out. And so I was like, turned off the water. I was like, all right, I'm going to go work out. So between sets, I was watching the show. And I got really hooked on the episode. So I was like, I got, I have 20 minutes left or 25 minutes left. I'm going to go ahead and finish the episode, then get a shower. So I get it. <laughs> that stuff is wild. Yeah, it happens, but, um, but it's, a lot of it has to do with like just like having a game like for a while there there was a game every night yeah. and all stuff. and thankfully thankfully like this year they adjusted it because a lot of the time except for like when they did the um the bubble season like most of the playoff games were over at one or later and this year they adjusted it to where a lot of the games were at least finished up at 12 or 12 30 so that's a little bit of help yeah that made it better i mean it's just hard because you're trying to make it work for yeah. both the East Coast and the West Coast, uh, understandable. I mean, it makes sense, but it, it does make it difficult for those of us on the East Coast with staying up late. But anyways. One thing nice is I could cut out teams like the Utah Jazz that don't matter, that kind of are like boring. So. <laughs> anyways, getting to the game. Um, I do want to just say, so both of us thought this would be six. We really both thought this would be seven. It ended in six. That surprised me. Yeah. The, I did not think that the Warriors were going to win three in a row. I no. really did not. So, like, game five it was one of the best NBA games. Uh, four, is, I think, what you're thinking, yeah, right? Yeah, no, four, four was really good. Four that, was when Curry took over, and they right. it was a close game the entire way. Yeah. Um, but five was close, too. I mean, it wasn't a blowout. Oh, yeah. Five was also a close game. Uh, but, yeah, maybe I'm thinking of four. I thought I was thinking of five. Anyways. Really good game. That was the one that that made it uh, that Golden State was in the lead. They were up three to two. I didn't think they it meant they had control of the series necessarily because they were going back to Boston. Yeah, I thought honestly, I thought if they didn't win that home game, the Celtics are probably going to lock it up in Boston. 
yes, that was a must-win game, game five, um, to, to take the lead in the series before going back to Boston. I totally agree. And they played really well. That was that was the best overall game that Golden State had played. Yes, they won game four, but the best, like, as a team. As a team, yes. Because Curry five. didn't play well game five. He That's the game he only had, and I say only had, but I think he had, like, 23 or 22 points. Like, he was still, like, one of their leading scorers, but – that was the game where uh, Wiggins uh, had, I think, 26 and 13, I want to say, 26 and 13 rebounds, maybe 14 rebounds. And then um, Clay had a good game as well. Draymond played more like Draymond Not that we that know. He was, that was the one where they um, – game five was the one where they benched him, actually. The, do you remember in like the fourth no, quarter, it was like was... around like eleven minutes, they benched him until like four minutes left in the game. Then, they, then they were offense, defense. I thought him. that was game four. See, they're starting to blur. I thought it was game four that they benched him. Oh, it was okay. game five. So, anyways, he still started to show more of himself because I remember saying that to you. Like he's starting to look. He was looking a little more like himself. I thought in that game, but anyways, that was the best team game where there so many of their supporting players that had done so well throughout the season and in the playoffs really stepped up that game instead of just Wiggins. Wiggins had been, yeah. but it wasn't just Wiggins this time. And yeah, Clay looked really good. Yes. So defensively too looked really that good. That was just a good game. And that was another thing. Their their defense turned up. They are a good def- – they're not Boston-level defensive team when you think of defense, but they were a definitely a good defensive team. So, anyways, game five was their best as a team game. But even with that said, even with them being up three to two, and I guess you, uh, there was a momentum swing. I didn't realize as much of a momentum swing. Going into game six, being in Boston – I really thought it was going to get tied up and there would be a game seven. I didn't, not only did I not really expect. A well, it started s- off as like big. It was 14 to two in the game. Uh-huh. Started. Like, well, here we go. Right. Uh, maybe I'll be yep. like doing something else during this game. Cause it's going to be a blowout. Right. Which I didn't get to fully watch it because I was working and there was a good bit of people at the bar, but I will say this. There was also a good bit of people at the bar watching the game. So because of that, I got to kind of pay better attention because we were like, I was talking with customers about the game as things were happening. I did not expect. 21 to zero run. It was wild. Yeah. I, Golden, I don't think I've ever seen that in the finals ever. Like, like after, after that, um, for that good start, Golden State pretty well took over and they were in control that oh, yeah. whole game six. And I did not – with the type of defensive team that Boston is and the fact it was in Boston, I did not expect that. I expected it – I expected Boston to tie it up. I expected to go back to a game seven at Golden State, and I thought Golden State would win it at home to win the series. I did not expect that at all. Draymond was like Draymond in that game for sure because he had 12, 12, and 8, I believe, were his final numbers. 
12 points, 12 assists, uh, 12 points, 12 rebounds, and eight assists, I believe is what he finished with that night. Um, Wiggins, of course, just and unreal. I mean, for, for him, like, great he was a game. player great coming game. into the NBA. Everyone thought he was going to be, like, a great wing because he was he had long um, – his um, arm length is really long and thought he could be good on the defensive end, and he kind of, like, wasn't. <laughs> and uh, he gets to Golden State. They just move him uh, for uh, – D'Angelo, which was a good move because D'Angelo was not going to fit on with Curry and with with uh, with uh, Clay Thompson because he's not a good defender and he basically playing three small guys at that point. And um, getting Wiggins and the draft pick, wow! And Wiggins was awesome uh, this series. Like I I, I I can't believe it. Like I I, I was texting you that night because I think you were still at work or finishing up work. I was like, I'm not even, I'm like, I have no buzz or anything, but I'm like, they should resign weekends. <laughs> well, I've been saying that. Like, I think, I, I think it would be a mistake to lose him because I think he is, I think he could very much be part of their future. I'm not saying Seth Curry is old. I think Seth Curry can play for a bit more, but he's getting older. I don't know how much longer Clay Thompson has. And even though he looked very good coming back off of those, I, I think Clay Thompson will have a better season the upcoming season. Yeah, that's what he's getting to say too. Then he, because he was still having to come off of those injuries. So he looked. Yeah, most of the time for like a, an Achilles, you have to, it takes like a, like, even though you come back, it takes a full like year of even playing to you're like really, really back. So. Yeah, so he did. He was, I, I would say, uh, ahead of schedule, you know, to as far as like his level coming back from those. So, anyways, they it's not that. And then you got Draymond. I'm not saying that the 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 big three are almost done, but they are getting older. And I do think someone like Wiggins has shown someone. I think they should hold on to as their future. I really think that. And so I think I've been saying for a while on this podcast that I think it would be a mistake to let him go. So, plus they have uh, the young players we talked about. Like I don't think Wiseman is done. Like I'm not saying he can be like twenty and ten, but I think he can give you something. So I think the the big move of this offseason, or the big decision, I should say, not the big move, but the big decision. Wiggins, they don't have to decide anything on. He can sign an extension this year. But he's signed through next season. So I would roll with next season and see how it goes. Does, is he worth, like, you know, signing to a long-term deal as far as, like, a max-ish type thing or, a, like, a, a more – he's not going to get max. He's probably going to get 25 to $30 million would be my guess, somewhere in that range. And um, I think you, you try him out next year, see how it goes. If not, if you don't want to resign him, you could trade him before the trade deadline – to a team that, you know, is maybe looking for some help and you get something in return just to give you an option. Um, I, Looney is going to be a free agent this offseason. Um, I don't think Wiseman's completely washed yet. Or not washed, but I don't think he's a bust because you, you, you have to actually have something yeah. to then be washed. So I don't think he's a bust. Uh, if he can give you the Looney minutes and do kind of what Looney did, I don't know if they'll resign Looney because I think someone's probably going to offer Looney more money than than – I think Golden State would probably be willing to pay. I think, uh, cause I think right now he makes about five to 7 million per year. 
because uh, he had a two or three year deal when he signed last time. Um, my guess is someone probably would offer him about 12 to 15, somewhere in that range, which sounds like a lot. And Biggs, like we've talked about, like even um, uh, JaVale McGee, like even he's like right. a, a guy for a couple million dollars that actually is playable on a roster. You know, you don't need like a dominant big right. man necessarily. So he might be someone they like go. They really like Gary Payton Jr. Or Gary Payton the second. Um, so that yeah, might be someone I they do. try to bring back. Yeah. And Poole looked really good. Mm-hmm. Now, Poole, I think they have. And what's good anyway is yeah. uh, he can sign a rookie extension this offseason. But um, right. they can next year he's still a restricted free agent. So even if they don't sign him to a, an extension this summer, um, they can then, if any team offers them something, they can match it if they want to. Or do a sign and trade or something like that. So they have options there as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, they still have two people we didn't even talk about. They're inning their second year. Uh, they have Moody and they have um, uh, Kaminga as well. And I think those are good guys that are really going to break into some playing time next year. Yeah, Kaminga didn't do they. He didn't play a lot in the finals, did he? I mean, no, I don't yeah. think he played except for garbage time. Maybe like in right. like definitely the game they got blown out. He like game three. He played that right. then, like the last like four to six minutes and um i think there was another he played a few minutes but he didn't get a whole lot but he got playoff minutes and i think he's gonna carve out a bigger role for himself next year yeah i mean i thought he definitely showed promise this year i'm a not not super because he is still so new to the team i was a little surprised considering what he some of the flashes of um not brilliance but just promise the promise he showed some of the times he did play this year, I was a little surprised he didn't play more in the playoffs. Uh, but I think the, yeah, I mean, he's still putting, uh, he's still, you know, a young up and comer. So I think the, the main reason he didn't play so much during the finals is because he was going to be a liability on defense. Cause he still needs to work on that. I mean, it's his first year in the NBA, so I'm not going to fall for that. I mean, look at Wiggins. I mean, this is year. Right. Wiggins signed a rookie extension, so he's probably in year like seven or six right now of his NBA career. And so he's now just really looked like a really good NBA. Like he played really right, good defense. Exactly. Yeah. So um, Moody impressed me. Didn't get a lot of mm-hmm. action, but the minutes he got, I was really impressed by his defense. Um, so, I mean, I, I like I said, I think they have a, a really nice team moving forward. Um they, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm going to say they can repeat. I think that it's going to be a tough league next year. I know we've mentioned Denver on past episodes. Like that's a team I think is going to be really tough. I think they could finish the one seed next year. Right. Um, yeah. And um, see what the Mavs do. Oh, yeah. They got Christian Wood right. since our last episode. And, right. I think- and they did not lose anyone um, – that was that's that was important to them this year. They gave up nothing from right. other exactly. than the, the main thing they gave up was the draft pick for like twenty seven. Exactly. So, like I, I've said it before. You know, I they're they're big players this season. Obviously, they're not getting rid of Luca, but aside from Luca, they're big players this season. I don't. I kind of hope they keep. You know, so. I think that if Christian Wood buys into the team, 
he can be a very nice, like a big version, like a power forward version of Spencer Denwitty. I really think he'll be a nice complimentary piece because he can shoot threes. He does have that ability. And he's definitely, he like put all those guys together that they traded and he's better than all of them. Like all their best skill assets, he's still better than all those players. So they gave up nothing for him. Um, right. A team we mentioned, um, obviously Dallas. Uh, Phoenix is going to do something with Aiden. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to keep Aiden, so it's probably going to be a trade of some kind. Which they're not kind of surprises me because he has been yeah. so good, and he's still so young. He's only going to get better, and he fits into their system. So, I mean, obviously, I don't know the ins and outs of what happened in management and uh, the business side of it. So they could have a very good reason for it. But I'm, I was surprised they got rid of him. Uh, I, I do want to put a pin in, like, talk about the other teams because I want to get back to the game uh, just b- before we go too long. Uh, so mm-hmm. two things. One, Steph Curry finally got his finals MVP. Very deserved. Uh, if, he, if he hadn't have gotten it, um, if for Absolutely. some reason he should, it, it was like, no, it, it's not going to go to him. It probably would have gone to Wiggins, which is crazy that you would think since he was not before this year, not much of a, of anything in the NBA, but totally, I think it would have gone to him. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have gone to Draymond because he didn't have a very good final season, uh, final series. I've, so with Golden State winning, if it hadn't have been a Curry's, then I think it, I think it w- probably would have gone to Wiggins, uh, but, but definitely Curry deserved it. I mean, the only reason they were able then to tie it, yeah, uh, agreed. In the game in game five was because of what he did in game four. I mean, he, yeah, he, yeah, I meant to say take the lead. Yes, yeah, he take the lead. won game four pretty much single-handedly against Boston. Like he was incredible. Oh, yeah. So very deserving of him. And as as our listeners know, I'm not like I'm not even really a Golden State Warriors fan and I'm not a Curry fan. I do think he matured a lot. I don't know if it was because of Clay Thompson being out or just be getting older. But he He's he's matured a lot. I used to. He's he's really always been mature because one thing I've always enjoyed about him is he's never had uh, like an ego watch. Not saying he he definitely has confidence. He and he he'll like he you see him make a couple of like crazy threes. He starts doing like the dancing or he does a little shimmy. He does that. Yeah. But right. What other player or you know he's he, before Kevin Durant arrived. He was the star of Golden State. You know he was one A. You know, you'd probably what, say Clay Thompson what, or, and then Draymond, kind of in that order. And he, you know, Kevin Durant is a, is a big talent, and he's like, okay, well, shoot the ball. Oh, so sure. I really like that aspect. Yeah. You can pretty much fit almost any NBA player with him. What I didn't like about him was when he was not on. Anytime that he was struggling the least bit, I felt like he just exuded this like palty, like baby that's what i mean where like he acted like kind of like a baby where he would just like pout and he would get like super sad he would start like throwing his mouthpiece and stuff like he it wasn't just like a frustrated type of thing that you could see it was just like it's one of those players that like all of a sudden they hit a wall and instead of trying to overcome it they just like 
as act like a baby. They just kind of like pout because nothing's going their way, and like boohoo, felt like he would just like I don't know. That's where I felt he would be acted like really immature, and I do feel like that is something he doesn't show that much uh, anymore. So that's what I mean. It's like maturing on the court. He doesn't do that. I feel. It was so nice the watching that game, like the because that was um and I thankfully the game was over like eleven thirty, but I stayed up to like closer to one because I watched all the post game stuff, like the trophy presentation, the interviews on um the uh, Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. I wasn't even home by one because yeah. of closing. Yeah, I, I I was I was out just a little after one. I was like, it's one o'clock. I got to go to bed. I'm gonna get like no sleep yeah. tomorrow. But um, it was awesome. Like it was just. <laughs> Sorry, it was awesome, and um, I'm shocked. And I've watched Golden State. This, you know, they're they're a team that's been a league pass team for a while, and I've I've been watching them because, like I said, the the re- main reason is like my ex was a big Warriors fan. I was a Cavs fan, so it was, and I, I like the it's more of a more of like a LeBron fan than anything. But I was like enjoy talking trash. You know, I that's that's the type I am. Like when the the Mavs played, I track talk. I like talking trash with people. And just like having a little joke and, and you know, whatnot. So, so uh, just real quick, what uh, happened to Boston? I mean, that was an uncharacteristic game for them from what I have seen. I mean, like, well, obviously, Jason Tatum did not really show he up. He seemed to, to not show up. I mean, yeah. Jalen Brown did, was, I mean, I thought if, let's say if Boston would have won barring anything miraculous from, from Jason Tatum in, in game six or seven, Jalen Brown seemed like he would have been maybe MVP or Curry, even, you know, depending how this, you know, regardless of how game seven went, because I thought those were the best two players in the series. I think what hurt Boston is um, they always lacked a point guard and they, their ball, they had a lot of crazy turnovers that were just awful. Grant Williams was not bad. Yeah, he was very important to that Milwaukee series. Like I, I that was a series I was very excited to watch, and I watched him, and, and he was a good player. He sucked in the conference finals. He sucked in the fight. He was even worse in the finals. He was like a no show, and he was a guy that looked yeah. like a good six man um, off the bench or something. You had uh, Derek White, who kind of like just started not making any shots. Pritchard wasn't doing very good. So I think it's a lot of the they just had their bench wasn't showing up at all. And giving them anything, and Tatum didn't show up. Um, yeah, I mean, he where was, was Horford he used to get twenty points. Horford's old man, like he's not bad, but like game four that that was like two days after game three, and I knew that he wasn't going to be very good that game because it's it's something something I've noticed. Like he would have when it was every other night in the conference finals, like he would have a good night against Miami, and then he would suck. And then he have a good night, and then it sucked because like he just didn't get any rest and was wore out. He's thirty six now. He's important to the team. I think they should yeah. use his option to bring him back next year. I think they need to add depth on the bench a little bit. Um, I know that they were talking on Bill Simmons on Sunday night, so this has been going into Monday morning. When I listened to it, that maybe they should could do a trade where. Um, I'm trying to think who they who they mentioned about like maybe getting like some more guard help uh, or just some more score because they need they need someone that can score. That's that's the main issue. They have no bench scoring um, that's reliable. So they said maybe so like trade. where was where was Marcus Smart? Where was their defense? I, it's just 
their defense was there to a degree, but Rob Williams, since he got injured during the regular season, like he hasn't been a hundred percent and you could tell like he was, he would have some good moments or, or like a good game, but then like he would kind of trail off. And I think his knee was bothering him smart. Also, he was one of those players that had some injuries, even going back to the conference finals. And I think that was probably lingering. Um, but it's they. I think they're a team that, for the past couple of years, hasn't looked great. They've looked okay, like a playoff team. Like, but you're not like a team that's actually going to make noise in the playoffs. They made a big turnaround starting at the beginning of 2022, where they just started playing better defense and actually looked like a very, very good team. And that, that I mean, that team looks scary. I mean, that's why I started rooting for the Heat because I thought I don't want to play the Celtics. They're like they like world beaters right now. And I think that the Warriors. I mean, I'll give them credit. They won. They're a smart organization. That Steve Kerr is an excellent coach. What they were doing against them, yeah, they were down when they were down two one. I was like, oh man, they gotta win game four, and that was a tough game, and they they won it. And then after that, it's like almost they figured out Boston how to stop them because they were they were just out rebounding. They were just they're really doing like a lot of hustling. And Draymond that last game, like holy cow, he was like an, jumped out of a time machine. And, you know, he did had a dream on game and he was running down the court and leading the offense. Like it was impressive. So I think that factors into, I think the worst thing for Boston is Tatum wasn't like the Jason Tatum we've seen during these playoffs. Right. And he was more of like Jason Tatum. Like he, he's like a, like a, like almost like Kobe when he was like his, maybe his second or third year, where he was still really good, but he was not near what Kobe was at the one point. And I think he kind of regressed a little bit just in this series and um, I think they just didn't have enough bench scoring at all because there's no one they could turn to on the bench. Like that's why they were playing Tatum and Brown for like 44, 40 some minutes every night <laughs> when they would have a game. It was just wild. Yeah, I was just I was really surprised, especially because it was um, in Boston just did not expect that you know i just yeah because the crowd was the crowd was into it until like it was you know they weren't when that when golden when golden state went on that and still i mean they got close a couple times like they they did get it down around 10 i think maybe not i think the lowest i saw was eight but it was definitely nine at what there's one nine when it hit but steve kerr does a really good job managing the game that i've noticed um where where a run starts to happen, even it could, and I'm not talking yes, an eight zero run. It could be like a four zero run. He's calling a timeout. He sees something he doesn't like. He does it squashes it before it even starts. Um, so he's been a great coach for them. And I mean that team's been together. It has people that's been in that situation. You know, in the big three, we we'll call them the big three for Golden State. Um, and and Wiggins stepping up too was just excellent for that yeah, team. So that was huge. That was huge for yeah, them they, in the finals. I mean, I'm looking at the box yeah. score. Tatum was only one for four of three-pointers, and he only had 13 points total. Horford, I mean, looking from the box score point of view, it looks like Horford actually played really well. He was, he had he was four or five from three-pointers. He had 19 points overall. He had 14 rebounds. And so I thought he played well. And then Jalen Brown really, he was the only one that offensively really poured it in. He had 34 points, but I mean, for Tatum to only have three rebounds, 
and only one three-pointer and only have 13 points overall, that's just like, you can't do that with him. And then their bench, their bench only gave them five points. Their bench has been awful. Like that, that was one of the biggest yeah. things. And then Tatum not being like 35 point Tatum or, or even 30 right. points or something. Or just but even smart, like smart only had nine points. Um, and I think that honestly, there was a few times on the bench when I saw Tatum, like they go to a like commercial break or he'd sit on the bench and he just looked, not quite deer in headlights, but kind of looks similar to that. Like if I was going to say he just had a look on his face that didn't like give me confidence looking at him was the best way to put it. Right. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, for bench, honestly, Golden State didn't do a lot of that with their bench either. But what they did was big. Poole had 15, so that's big. And then Gary Payton, second had six points. Those They were the only two people off the bench that scored for them. But when you have Curry with 34, Wiggins with 18, and uh, Draymond had 12, you know, then uh, Clay had 12. So, I mean, it's hard. You need, you need more than just five points from your bench for Boston. And, yeah, I agree with you. A big issue was Tatum just not playing well. Uh, because if Tatum had played well, to counter to or to go along with Horford's 19 and Brown's 34, it would have been a totally different game. I mean, Horford, I didn't realize he played that because, I, like I said, I didn't really get to watch it, so I didn't realize how well he played. 14 rebounds. That's a lot of rebounds. Uh, so, I mean, he had a double-double. So, it And it's not even necessarily about the points. It's just everyone's playing their role. For Poole, they didn't play him as much as you know how they've been using him a lot in the playoffs has been maybe right. either like they started him early and they were using him as like a six man a lot. He only well, played did, 18 minutes. They, they did a really good job of when Curry took a break, he would go in and they would put, it's not, they wouldn't play together, but that was when he's getting a lot of his points. So when Steph sat, they had pool go in and he was kind of keeping it alive as far as the offense. Cause right. There wasn't a drop. Yeah. Cause that was the golden state's biggest problem really for a lot in the early in the series was like, where are they going to find their points beyond Steph? Because no one else was really scoring that much. And so he would go right. in, he could dress Steph for, you know, the last, most of the time, I think they were going around the start of the second quarter and just kind of paying how the offense looked. I know there was one time we got the rest like a couple minutes, about four to six minutes is usually what I saw at the beginning of the second quarter. And so Poole would do a lot of his damage then. I think uh, the game, game four, the one we loved, uh, he had 12 points at, during that span. And I think he finished the game with like 14 points, but that's most we got of his points, and that's when they needed it. And yeah. so it was that. It was it was Gary Payton getting rebounds. Like, he's only 6'3", and, and I heard them say uh, on the telecast that uh, Steph said he plays taller than 6'3". And he really does. He gets rebounds. He goes up and fights for it. He does all, does all kind of like right. lob dunks. And then Looney, they weren't uh, – they didn't play Looney as much as far as like starting him, but he would go in and just get a ton of rebounds. Like just they, they each played their part well. And I think for Boston, that was their issue, I think, towards the end. No, they had some – like people like showing up, like Horford had a good game, Brown had a good game, but then like no one else helped. And you need – you know – 
you would need right. smart either getting a ton of assists or getting the offense started you would need tatum if he's not scoring that night that's fine go out there and rebound go out there and set up your teams for like assisting and and try to draw a double team right. things like that i think would have been more and on that game he needs to score on a game like that though yeah. he needs to be able to score more like he just did not i mean three rebounds only only one three pointer he was shooting awful yeah. for like two point like two point like shots he was like shooting like 24 percent from two or something it was wild i mean like that series not yeah, just that that's game. crazy that's wild right. to think but yeah that's crazy. missing layups yeah and on the flip side talking about pool like i said pool only played 18 minutes and in 18 minutes he had 15 points i mean that's that's almost a that's almost a bucket a minute that's that's a lot in a very short amount of time so um, so yeah, I mean, I, I was just very, like I said, I was very surprised that Boston lost with it being a game at home. And I was also very surprised that basically by halftime, Golden State had the game. And that just carried over, obviously, into the second half. I mean, really, by the end of the game. You could tell in the third quarter. When the, the yeah. minute Steph pointed to his ring finger and said, you know, you knew that they had confidence. And there's still like six, four to six minutes, I think, left in the third quarter at that point. But you knew the Golden State knew they were going to win. Yeah. And like they knew it. And like they ended up winning by 13. But it was it was a bigger, more dominant victory than even the score showed. Like, yeah. And they, like I said, they did make runs that to get it like under ten. It wasn't like nine or ten points, and that's that because I, I kept remembering like, okay, seven minutes left, they got it to ten points. Yep, I do. Rem- Eight minutes, got it to ten points. Cool, let's keep this right. lead. And I do remember that. There was, buckets, basically. there was a moment there in the second half where I was like, oh, it looks like Boston might make their comeback, but they never did because, like you said, they were trading buckets. Mm-hmm. So yes, they started scoring yeah. at a better clip where they weren't stopping Golden State from also scoring. Golden State was already up by so much at that point. Yeah. It didn't matter. Uh, yeah, because they, they they were up like 22 or something at one point, and they made that run. They got it down to like 10. And I was like, I'm not nervous yet, but I'm getting there. Because I remember you asked me if I was nervous. I was like, I'm getting close, but I'm not quite there yet. Right. I'm a little – but they, yeah. they, they kept trading buckets, and they never were able to get really – I think like they got one time to nine or eight – and I think that's the lowest I remember seeing until, you know, they just went up. The, went the up. Boston defense just was not there. And that's yeah. one of the things that they were so known for this year, for good reason. I mean, it, it was a deserved yeah. thing to call them a great defensive team, but it was not there this game. I mean, it's, it was definitely uh, – the thing I'm going to look back is uh, they had, the, the Golden State had a really good run, you know. Uh, you know, Maybe they lucked out not playing Phoenix. I don't know. But you got to play who you got to play. And they no. beat everyone in front of them and did a really good job. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, definitely think this is a, a worthy title. Um, I think it definitely cements that, you know, does a lot to cement their status because, like, you know, they did this without KD. And granted, they had the one prior to KD getting, KD getting there. But a lot of people say, well, well, KD was there. That's why they won and beat the Cavs, you know, the third and fourth time. And, and yeah, that was a big part of it. I'm not going to say it wasn't because it, it absolutely was. But, now it's like, okay, look, this team is really good. And if they didn't get KD, they were going to do something because they would have beat Phoenix. Golden, they would have beat Phoenix. Golden, yeah, Golden State. I mean, they, for real, they will pay for a team. Like they, that, they had Ubre 
they pay, they I think they paid Uber and I, they, he didn't make this much money, but because of the luxury tax and everything, because they're over the cap already, I think they end up getting taxed like basically paying not really, but it was like eighty million dollars they paid for Kelly Uber who made maybe like thirty million, if that. I think he probably made around twenty four to twenty seven. But because of the luxury tax and them being over it, I think they, they end up costing Golden State their dollars by like getting you know paying the luxury tax. I think it was like eighty million dollars. It's like wild because they were still trying for it. And last year, they actually came close. They got the eight seed, but then lost to the Lakers. And then the second game uh, for the play, and they lost to um, Memphis, and, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. But right, um, definitely you know not a good as good of a team last year because you know no clay at all. For sure, uh, Draymond was in and out, but and it was mainly just just Steph. But it was they didn't have the support that they had this no, year. No, they definitely did not. And and Ubre really didn't want to come off the bench. He was like one of those people, like you know how we've we've talked about players, like this is what they need to do, and they won't do it. Westbrook, um, he really needed to come off the bench, and he wasn't. He didn't want to do that, and so you know that's that's going to cause you got to buy into the system. I think a lot with Golden State, and I mean, really, if you do, I mean, it's gonna right. help your career. I mean, look at Wiggins; like, I never thought he'd be that good. Like, holy cow, was he was awesome? So, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> and like you said, I think Steve Kerr is a great coach. It was funny; I was talking to some to some customers, and they, I was, they were Golden State fans, but they were like, "Eh, is he a great coach, or does he just happen to have a great team?" They were. Yeah, let's ask Mark yeah, Jackson. You know, like they were saying, like Mark Jackson is the one that put this team together, and St- Kerr just came into what was already a great team. And I'm like, nah. First off, Mark Jackson, he's a great coach. Mark Jackson didn't put the team together. That would have been Bob Myers. That would be Bob Myers. He's been their GM this entire run, so he didn't put the team together. The coach, most of the time, there are instances where the coach will be the GM, but he, thank God, was never the GM. Uh, he was just the coach, and he could never get them over the hump as far as I'm concerned because that's when they would have the big battles with uh, the Clippers. I, I loved watching those games because they always, like, they, you could tell they just didn't like each other. And that before Kerr was hired, I mean, they just would go out in the first or I think maybe they made it to the second round like one time, but they just couldn't get over the hump, and Steve Kerr took them there. I thought that they – did do pretty well like early like close to him coming before he came anyways um i'm not gonna look it up right now you're probably right you followed them a lot closer than i do but my point is i was surprised that these golden state fans were were just trying were basically saying like yeah i don't know if he's that great of a coach i think it's just that he happens to have a great team that he's coaching i'm like nah this man is a great coach he is a great coach. He was a he was a he was a role player in the NBA. He was a very good role player. I mean, when when you're in the finals and Michael Jordan calls your number to win the game, to win the NBA championship in the timeout at the near the end of the game and says, You be ready they're going to double me. And then that's exactly what happens. I mean, most NBA fans know this story. They called it. It was uh, right before they went back on the court, Michael Jordan, like told Kerr be ready. And then sure enough, 
Jordan gets the ball, passes it to an open Kerr, Kerr hits it. And then uh, and then he played in San Antonio as well. So like he was he he was a starter. He was a he, I wouldn't say he was a superstar. I would say he was a role player, but he was very good at playing his role. And he was someone that they could obviously could count on, which is why Jordan counted on him. And then he's I think he has proven himself to be a great coach. <laughs> Excuse me. You don't. You don't. Um, you don't go, even with a great team. There's a, there's a lot of great teams. Like um, I was thinking about overall some of the teams I've seen over throughout the years. Like some of the Spurs teams were really great. Um, the uh, 2000 2001 Lakers. That team was incredible. Um, the uh, for the second. Um, they call them the Heatles, the Heat team with LeBron and and uh, Bosch and Wade. There have been some really really great teams, and no one's won seventy games. So, as far right. as I know, the only they team were... that's won seventy games is the '96 Bulls, and uh, right. of course the Warriors when they when they had one more game they went seventy three and nine. And I right and look who the coaches were for these teams yeah, that you're talking it, about. I mean the Heat. Has has had very good coaches at the and you have to make adjustments too because right. the, the the Bulls with Phil Jackson and then the Lakers with Phil Jackson. I mean Greg Popovich, yeah. in my opinion, very has a very good argument as being the even though they haven't done a lot in the last few years as as I think he has a great a very good argument as being the greatest NBA coach. He's definitely one of yeah he's definitely. Um, Oh, for he sure. is definitely the greatest NBA coach that's an ambassador for the NBA. Uh, the way he coaches and the way he leads and cares about players, yada, yada. Anyways, so Steve Kerr is a great coach. Um, I know we're getting close because, you know, we're running along here, but I do want to just real yeah. quick uh, pivot to the NBA draft, which is Thursday. And um, definitely excited for it. I'm off on Friday because I'm going to that concert. So um, I'm going to Pittsburgh as well that day. It's going to hit up the record store and then and probably just do a few other things up there. But anyway, um, I'm off. I'm going to watch you know all of it. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, I definitely will probably be following the first, say, seven or so picks, maybe even ten picks really closely. Like I'll definitely be like watching because it's not like the NFL draft where it takes like two hours for ten picks. It probably will take about – 30 to 40 minutes because there's any like two or three minutes between picks, maybe five minutes max. So I'll be paying attention, especially because I want to see where my, my opinion, I was leaning towards Jabari going one for the magic, just them picking him. But now right. maybe they go, I think they might go um, Holmgren. And at that point, what does OKC do? Houston kind of gets locked into whoever's left, which still isn't a bad thing. Either one of those guys. And it'll be interesting to see if the Kings do, if anyone tries to move up. I don't think anyone can move up in the top three. I don't see either of those teams giving up that draft pick because of all three of those players being potential, like so much right now, at least it looks, at least on the outside looking in, uh, having so much more potential than the rest of the draft. Um I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want Holmgren to go to OKC because I'm kind of, I'm kind of intrigued by uh, Giddy 
and SGA and Holmgren there just as like a team thing. Like I could, I could see that being something in the future. And then if they have another say bad year or something, and then adding another piece, like they have all those draft picks, Oklahoma city could be really scary, especially if they package those draft picks and actually put in a player that they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, now if they could, maybe they, maybe they can entice the magic if they don't want, um, you know, if they don't want homegrown or they could t- entice them out with some of the future first draft picks and they could, they would be fine going with the other two guys. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching it. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of intrigued on some players to see where they land as far as uh, – because I didn't see Sharp play at all. A lot of people think that he might go top five. He, like, he might be, at least as prospect-wise, like top five to top seven. So uh, he committed to Kentucky. He's going in the top yeah. ten. And so I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to be because he's a guy with a lot of potential. Didn't play in college, so – kind of curious do you remember you watched some duke basketball over the years you saw J- like jalen durland mm-hmm. i'm really kind of curious to see where he goes um just some of their other players that aren't like their big names that i thought were like really nice players uh like just a center wise or something like drafting later if you could get them because i thought they'd you know be a cheap center they actually could play decently well if they adjusted to the game get you 10 and 10 or something um I thought there's some players like that. So I'm kind of curious to see where some players go. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I'm most excited about. I don't know. I don't think anything crazy will happen. I think there'll be a trade of some kind, but it'll be more, more small. Um, do you have any like draft thoughts and I want to pivot to like uh, a trade potential? Um, honestly, not really. I'm kind of, I, I am curious what Magic will do because, I mean, listening to this podcast, it doesn't sound like it because they just haven't been good in so long. But that – I mean, I I became an Orlando Magic fan at a young age when Penny and Shaq was there, uh, when they were both playing. My Shaq was my favorite NBA player. And it's like this – it's like that, that thing's like – you gotta remember, like I wish we, I wish you would have known, like those were the good times when you're living in the good right. times because they haven't been good years since then. Not really. I mean, they've gone to yeah. playoffs some, but yeah, a couple team back years were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there was Dwight Howard looked like he was gonna really be something, and yeah, then that all happened. Oh, he was. He he actually uh, he looked like he was gonna be an ass clown. No, but there was a time there. I mean, with the Superman <laughs> cape and all that, um, and or and Magic, where it looked like they were going to build a pretty powerful team with him. Um, anyways, they just haven't been good. I don't talk about them much because there's not much to talk about. But I, I'm curious to see what they do because I do think, yeah, if they they have some yes, they ha- right now, they they have some young potential. And we'll see what happens. You know, um, I'm not getting my hopes up yet, but it's worth watching. Um, and so I do want to, I am curious to see what happens, who they get in the draft. I, uh, Jabari, I just don't know what he's going to do. That's why it's such a mystery. He could end up being really, really good, but I don't know. Um, I feel like right. I know what Paolo uh, Bancaro is, and I feel like he's going to be a very solid player. I don't think he's like a leading. He's not. I don't. I don't think he's like a number one overall player. I think he's like a, a good. He almost reminds me of like 
a good player like a Carlos Boozer in a way that can get you 20 and 10 or something, and you know what he's going to get you. He's going to get you 18 points and eight rebounds or 10 rebounds every game. He can control the ball on the offense and, and set up plays. I like that aspect of his game. I feel like Chet is very nice because he's very malleable or malleable rather. And you could put him in a lot of different offices because he just kind of adapts. Like he's not going to be, he's not going to be a number one pick like Duncan or LeBron. That's really going to just change like the syst- like the NBA or anything like that. But I could see him being a player that gets you about 17 points, 16 points a game, maybe at nine to 10 rebounds, two, three blocks, a couple assists. Like he seems like a very, he doesn't have to be, he can fit. He's almost like uh, really is like a rookie version of like Wiggins this year where he just fits well with the team can adapt and play what you need him to play in the, in the role in the offense or defense. And I think that he has a lot of upside in that regards. Um, I think if I was going to pick, I would pick him because I, th- I feel like he, could get, whatever you want to do with your team, he could probably fit in. Whereas I don't know how well Jabari would. Bancaro, like I said, I think I know what I'm getting from him. It's like 18 and 8, 18 and 10. Yeah. But I feel like I can use I can use Chet Holmgren a little bit more. Because he can play power forward, he can play center. I feel like you can use him a little differently, and I like that right. aspect. Yeah. I mean, I just want to see what happens. Um, I think, because I think they have some upside with, like, Colt Anthony, I think, has the potential of being a real yeah. – The Wagner brothers. Yeah. But, I mean, they'll just have to see what happens. Um, and, like I said, I, I think there is some potential with that team's future. And I, so I think what happens in this draft for them could r- help. So, I don't know. That's the only thing I'm really kind of keen on when get- it comes to the draft. You follow the NBA draft a lot closer than I do, so. It's mainly because, like, I don't watch. I watch a ton of basketball around the conference championships and, um, of course, the NCAA tournament, and that's where I get familiar with the players a lot. And I could definitely see them getting Chet, and then him showing some signs of like really like good play, and then you buying a Chet Holmgren jersey. Like, all right, let's do this, Chet Holmgren. <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. You know. Um, the other thing I want to mention is. Uh, <laughs> Kyrie's gonna be on the move. At least it looks it's looking like that. Which it, the, it should like, happen, but at the same time, I feel you would I would think <laughs> sorry. I I would think any team would be at least somewhat reluctant just because of the drama that has always circled him. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you who's not reluctant. The Los Angeles Lakers. These, no. The, the, thing they'd have to, the thing they'd have to do, though, is they would have to... Because Kyrie's a free agent, so it's not like... It's not like he can't... He can go wherever he wants, but... He's not gonna. He's gonna sign like a, a longer deal. Uh, he wants. I think he's wanting a longer deal. I don't think the Nets are gonna want to offer him anything more than like a year what, or two. I mean, and I wouldn't yeah. either. I mean, to be honest, like I wouldn't want because he's 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 what he's so team is gonna what team is gonna offer him a long deal though? I mean, 
He teams would if they had the cap space. There's teams like the Kings, but or... he's bounced around so yeah. much. I just that's why I feel like, I mean, he bounces around. So who would trust? Based on his track record, what team is going to offer him a longer deal? Like actually thinking, oh yeah, he'll stick around. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Or even playing all the games, or kind of, he's just he's just a different guy. Like he's he just is a different guy. He, I don't think is necessarily good for a team. I'm just looking. I'm not saying the Cavs, and but the Cavs were just a terrible team. LeBron's last year, and some miracle they even went to the finals because that team was awful. Um, and that obviously the team that didn't have Kyrie, but the Celtics were kind of left in shambles there as far as like. They were they were happy to see him go, and then now the oh, Mets yes. almost are like we're we're fine if you leave. And if you're not wanting to sign like a one year deal or whatever and bring back, I just don't know. It'll be interesting to and see how it plays out with Durant. Does Durant then yeah. ask out? Because yeah, that's weird. That's the weird part because they are so close. I mean, yeah, but I mean now, the I, Knicks want him too. The Knicks would definitely yeah. The Knicks they just want a player like they would. I mean, maybe you could right. do a sign. Now, I would be in sh- up for this. I don't know what the how the trade would look like. I mean, I haven't put like looked at as far as like the if the mo- I know the money itself wouldn't work, but I don't know how like the Knicks cap room. I don't know what uh, the Nets cap room would be. But like, if they could do like a, a trade for like Kyrie and uh, you know, basically the the bones of it being Kyrie for like R.J. Barrett and maybe a couple other pieces, I like that for the Nets. But then, what is that? Is Katie happy there? To see them ask out, um, I don't know. Right. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For the Lakers to make it Ugh. even happen, I think they. I mean, obviously they have to get rid of Westbrook, but then they would have to either get him to like. I know. I heard Charlotte. I. I don't know how real that is. I think more than anything, the the most likely destination is like. Maybe trade him to OKC or something, and maybe they just like have him there and they trade a couple of draft picks and because the, they have the cap space for him. I mean, he's not going to, he would not go to LA because of all the stuff for like him and LeBron. And I, I don't know. And I just, I can't see Le, Um, Like, I think that's all on Kate. I think that's all on Kyrie. I think, I think in their relationship, he is the problem, but he has talked so bad about LeBron. I can't see them playing well together on the court. And I can't see LeBron being okay with it. I can't, you know. I I can in the sense of because right now the way the LA Lakers are constructed, they're not a good team at all. And I'm not saying that they'd be a very good team if they got him. But if you give me him, Davis, and LeBron, that gives that's definitely at least competing more than they are right now. Depending how, of course, LeBron looks in year on paper, and as 20, for on paper, and as for like playability, yes. But that yeah. dynamic of them two, I think, would be so bad. I just think I cannot see. Kyrie bringing a good attitude to LeBron and being teammates with LeBron. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. And for I think sure. that would be. I just, um, I just feel like that would bring so there, much drama. Uh, like, and I will, negativity. with or without Kyrie Irving, though, the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks, the Lakers will be drama next year for sure. I mean, they always are somewhat. It's part of the whole, like, um, just who they are. But uh, I just, I just feel like that would. I feel like that would be such potential for disaster just because of that relationship. I, I just, I and I can't see LeBron going for it. I mean, I feel like Kyrie would really have to do a lot. Uh, to mend that relationship and based on the way he has always talked about LeBron and his attitude towards LeBron I can't see him wanting to do that to mend that relationship I mean look what he did um, this year I mean the Nets the Harden KD and Irving should have been a powerhouse and and Kyrie really really hurt it. Now, yes, Harden. Then when he got to Philly, was was not the Harden that you kind of expect him to be. But still, the just uh, the three of them should have been really good, and and Kyrie ruined it. So and I I don't know. I don't I don't see him going to L.A. I can't see LeBron. Uh, doing that, and I can't see him wanting to play on a team with LeBron. I can see LeBron being okay with it in the sense of like he, if he's LeBron's a smart guy, he knows the team with Russell Westbrook is not going to win a title. If you can somehow move Russ, he should know that now. Yeah, if you somehow can move Russ and you can somehow get Kyrie instead of Russ. He knows that he can play with Kyrie. Like, there's no issue there as far as, like, playing with him. And he doesn't want to be – like, LeBron's, like, year 20. He doesn't want to be the leading scorer on your team. He wants Anthony Davis yeah. to be the dog, but, you know, he's not. Right. Kyrie, yeah. you know, might have that in him. And, he, you know, if he could play every game or something, you know. I think LeBron's going to be – would be open to it in the sense of, like, he could get another title. And and that would be something he would – Of the Because he's a free agent next year. He likes living in LA, and the only way yeah. to, to really improve it is by trade. And yeah, I mean, I, I can tell players, you what won't happen. Russell Westbrook right. will not be traded directly to the Nets for Kyrie Irving. Could you imagine you trade Kyrie to the LA and he teams up with LeBron, and then Russ and Katie, and Katie's like, nah, man, what did you just do to me? <laughs> yeah, no, that's probably not going to happen. Either. No, that but won't happen. I'd, and the, I, of the two players, yeah, LeBron's going to be the one that would try to make it work. I just, um, yeah. but I, I can't see him okaying it, and I can't see Kyrie wanting to play with him. I just think, I just think the amount of drama that would cause would be so detrimental to that locker room and to that team uh, just the two of them I don't think it would go well I think I think LeBron would try if it for sure happened it's the it's really his it's his best chance if he wants to stay in LA and win a title it's yeah. his best chance to do it unless you unless you really blow it up and you somehow found a suitor for Russ and you traded AD that's really the, and I don't see them doing that because I still well, think AD at, you know at normal health is pretty good 
Oh, if AD could stay healthy, yeah, that's, he can be incredible. And I, I think at least, and if you had those, I mean, they would, they would, their skills complement each other very well. So if you did have the three of them on a team, and LeBron is about legacy, he wants, he could then get his, uh, he'd be his fifth ring, right? Yeah, yeah, because one LA, one Cleveland, two Miami, he could get his fifth ring, move closer right. to Jordan, because that's what he really wants to do. And he really doesn't have a lot of years left. He has maybe, I mean, really, seriously. I agree. I just, I agree. I just think there's, I just think there's so, such an issue between the two of them fed by Kyrie that I just, I, I don't think it's his best chance unless Kyrie really, really changed his attitude. You know, and I think they maybe they're okay enough just like, hey, here's what we're, we're gonna put our, our differences aside and we're just gonna tie for the title this year. And you know, if LeBron could do that, yes, I can I know see LeBron that. can do I just, it. I just, Kyrie. yeah, I don't that think will be the Kyrie person because he's so unpredictable. But yeah. I, I do think, and like I said, it, it would it would be a lot. The Nets, um, I mean, he can go somewhere, but like they're gonna have to create space. The, the Lakers would have to create space to even sign him. Um, and well, I mean, I good luck. Carmelo. I don't see Carmelo. I, I think he would be one they could get rid of. Um, they should, like you said, they need to get rid of Westbrook. So, I mean, Westbrook will be the t- Westbrook if they can get get someone. But the tough thing for him is you almost have to do like a, a three T because his salary is so large. I think his salary is close to like fifty million dollars. Right. You have to find someone to take that salary. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. and the Nets are or, the Nets aren't going to take it because that's not beneficial to them. No. So you'd have to find a third right. team, or at least another team you could trade them to. Like, we'll give you, you know, for like a second round pick or something. We'll give you like what the that's why I said the 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 Thunder because they have so much cap space. Uh, they could actually take his contract, right. but you'd have to throw in picks, and then, um, Kyrie could then go to the Lakers, and then maybe you you send a trade exception to um to the Nets or something. Cause you really, OKC is not going to give up anything, you know, in the trade yeah. and, and, and the I Lakers don't... don't have anything to give up, <laughs> you know, the, of value. Right. Um, and I wonder would KD want to stay at the Nets once Kyrie's gone? You know? Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like why would KD want to stay there? Because they don't really have much else. I mean, that was like, the, yeah, the, I mean, he wanted Nash. So they, it's the coach he wanted. But I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I think it could be. It's just so crazy because the Nets, on paper, looked to have so much potential, and then Kyrie <laughs> destroyed it. The the wild thing to me is it looks like a super, t- like a super legit super team right. because Durant is that good, yes. and it looks like a team that was really going to dominate and they played 10 games together <laughs> in two years yeah, or at least a season and a half, maybe not two years, but a season or a full season. It was so bad. Whatever you want to yeah. call it. That's just wild to me. I want to talk. They just imploded. And I mean, yeah. what Ky- and a lot of it was Kyrie. Um, and that's yeah. why I would say, I feel like any team should, and I would think would be really reluctant. I, I don't see him going to LA, but we'll see what happens. Um, 
Yeah. We got to wrap up. It's yeah. two minutes and two hours and 30 minutes. And plus I'm, I'm tired. I get yes. some sleep. So. Oh dude. Yeah. I'm tired too. Yeah. I was going to say we should, we should call it now. Uh, so yeah, top place podcasts. We'll see what happens. We got, we got reports. Maybe some concert reports next week. You got a concert on Sunday. I have a maybe. concert on Friday. I gotta find. I gotta find somewhere else to go that'll drive if I'm gonna go to that show. So, see how it goes. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks. All right. Later's. Deuces. <laughs>